Mad Cinema. This is Charlie. We got our second episode. This time we're in Studio 2. Oh, flips. How's it feel, guys? I got Harrison Curtis with me. It feels like the best feeling of my life. Yeah, I think we've. Up, I think I think nice. we're moving up in the world. Yeah, yeah. I think we're moving on up. Moving on up. We're in Charlottesville, unfortunately, and uh, mm-hmm. we're kind of here to talk about exploitative cinema. I think that's our main highlights. We're going to dedicate this show to Larry Cohen and Joe Pilato, who we lost, unfortunately. So. Joe Pilato was actually in a uh, independent movie pretty recently, though, before he died. You know? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I saw it at Horror Home. It was I forget what it was called, but he played like a homeless guy. It was kind of like the Warriors. Do you, do you have a big role, or? Um, I don't think he was real big in it, but he was like a homeless guy, and it was supposed to be like the Warriors, but it, the homeless people are like trying to kill these rich kind of preppy guys. It was pretty good. I liked that it. Sounds kind of tight. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. All right, and then, um, so Harrison was in San Diego, what was it, last week? Yeah, it was, it was a week ago. I was watching San this Diego. dog. Um, and I was kind of made me think of films based in San Diego. I, I was thinking there'd be a lot. Not really. Nope. Um, here's here's what we got, Anchorman. Any fans of that one? Oh, yeah, I love Anchorman. Top Dog, which has... Um, Chuck Norris. Oh, really? In it. <laughs> yeah. Bring it on. I actually, I actually like that. It's like a guilty pleasure of mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You don't openly admit it. <laughs> the girls are on hot the as hell on it, too, by the way. Yeah. And K-9 with James Belushi. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> it's funny how there's kind of a lot of um, dog cop movies, K-9 and Top Dog. Yeah. Kind of those Turner and Hooch type films. Yeah. Do you know was Dirty Harry? Was that San Diego? I'd imagine it was, right? No. San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Is there's a lot of San Francisco. Yeah. It was, San it was one of the sands. I knew it was not one of the sands. As many San Diego movies. <laughs> no. San Diego is actually has Manitou a, was in San Francisco. We're going to yeah, be talking Manitou. about So, we're going to be talking about we're going to be uh, reviewing the new Blu-ray release that Shout came out with, Shout Factory came out with um, Manitou and we're also going to be talking reviewing the new movie Close Calls on Blu-ray which was uh, who came out Scream Team releasing yeah Scream Team Close Calls but um, what were you saying Harrison sorry oh I was just saying you know there's a lot of San Francisco movies Mm -hmm. not too many San Diego movies there's actually more people in San Diego than San Francisco yeah I wonder if that would be geographic city because isn't San I don't know. I, I think it's just that San Francisco has more like architecture. Yeah, yeah it's rich. It, it has more like this is San Francisco. Yeah, it's really mm-hmm. recognizable. Yeah, the like hill. the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah, the hills. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably why. Yeah. But uh, there's a movie based in Knightstown where we're recording. Mm-hmm. No, there isn't. Hoosiers. Yeah. Dennis Hopper, Gene Hackman. Oh, each yeah. other yeah. young boys even though we're in charlottesville t- today oh yeah we're i don't in think there's i don't think there's anything uh charlottesville is about stone throw away though anything recorded in charlottesville there may have been no. like a commercial at one no. point maybe the closest maybe. thing the closest thing is now and then which is based in greenfield oh really yeah interesting yep hmm. anyways and unfortunately a lot of the news today is superhero shit what that new 
Avengers movie came out today. Yeah. Whoopity do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't talk about that shit though, because we are scumbags and we like scumbag films. I'm not a scumbag. Really? Whoever called me a scumbag? I just did. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. Okay. <laughs> so, we like the underbelly of American cinema and Italian cinema. Mm-hmm. And German and Australian and New yeah. Zealand. You know, another thing like people Can- Canadian. don't think of would yeah. be like, I know that kind of fits in with like Italian, but westerns, Italian westerns, spaghetti westerns. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Love we talk about it all westerns. on this show. We talk about it all. We all kind of have our specialty. Yeah. I'd say. And so there was even a. We were talking about the Italian Godzilla. Um, oh yeah, what, what is that Kazizilla. Kazizilla. Because <laughs> it's it? by uh, the director's name is um, fuck. His last name's Kazi. Hmm. Cozy, something like that. Cozy Kazi. Cozy Kazizilla. <laughs> Have Cozy you seen Kazi's... that? No, but uh, you know I've, I've heard th- heard a lot about it. I don't really know how I'd go about seeing it. Um, I have it if you'd like to oh, watch yeah? it. Cool, I'll cool. give it to you. Um, but uh, it's actually on that hard drive you have. Oh, okay, gotcha. If you want to watch it. But yeah. yeah, so like, it's actually really cool. He kind of colorizes the movie, and he adds in a lot of um, edits of actual like atomic bombs and like cities getting blown up. Okay. It's more yeah. like, it's more of like a visceral type of Godzilla film. Huh. But I yeah. would like to see that actually. But it's like a standalone. I, mean, I think that would work really well. Italian production guy wrote it, directed it, and all that. Like he took. The original Godzilla. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah. yeah, he just edited it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Really weird. Like, why? Yeah, it's that it is it's like, especially just, given his film history. Did he just have a vision that he wanted to splice in the, you know, atomic bombs, or I wonder what drove him to drove him to make it? You know. Yeah. Not well, enough explosions. Yeah, you, somebody should Not look a, that guy. If if somebody has a phone or something, somebody should look that guy up, and because he's done, he's done quite a bit of Italian horror films. Last name spelled C O Z Z I, I believe. Hmm. But uh, we're gonna talk about the uh, Godzilla King of the Monster trailer. What did everybody think of that? Did I'm, you guys get a I'm, check? check yeah, it out? I'm thinking it looks. I think I'm enjoying it so far. You know, it's bringing back uh, King Ghidorah, Mothra, mm-hmm. Rodan. You know, I'm definitely a big fan of bringing in all the kajus as much as they can. So, I'm, I'm liking it. I didn't really like the uh, 2014 Godzilla's villains. I don't know if you remember the really long-legged. Uh, yeah, he kind of looked like, like uh, Cloverfield. I really, yeah, he yeah. Did, like, actually, he I do remember like him now. Yeah. yeah, he's yeah. so forgettable. Like even the Cloverfield oh, yeah. monster, forgettable. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's... So this is a smart move if they're gonna. If after the 2014 Godzilla, like just bringing up all everything, you know, because mm-hmm. 2014 Godzilla was kind of boring and the and villain wasn't very good. from uh, Stranger Things is in it too. It looked like, hmm. yeah, I think that's a good move too. You know, a lot of the old older Godzillas, you know, had they had the, I mean, not all of them, but you know, they started bringing in. There's like a child actor in some of them. Yeah, that has an affinity with. Yeah. With the monsters, so. Yeah, that all I'm started sure with Gamera. Yeah, I know that's really more a Gamera was. But yeah, Godzilla, the first one to because Gamera ripped off Godzilla, and then Godzilla started ripping off Gamera. Yeah. 
So, but yeah, I really like the uh, music where it was um, somewhere over the rainbow. It was like an instrumental piano slow version of that. That was cool. Yeah, that yeah. kind of gave I thought me that chills. Was, I thought bit. that worked really well. Yeah, it's just too bad Toho's not doing it. You know what I mean? Like Shin Godzilla was so good. Yeah, that it'd be absolutely. cool if they followed that up with. Well, like they're still making movies, so. Oh yeah. They'll probably do. They'll probably they they kind of it's it's always the trend for them to do their own thing, like there'll be American Godzilla, and then uh, Toho will usually follow up with their own version. Yeah, so. they just don't have like the budget or the audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, to like do a big release like in a like in America like a theatrical thing. Yeah, after the um, Ferris Bueller Godzilla. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like they were still making they made Godzilla's in Japan with Toho even after that, but like yeah, if you weren't a huge Godzilla fan after Monty Broderick, then you would have probably never known. Yeah, yeah, because they did that Godzilla two thousand. Yeah, Tokyo SOS. And they start they Final started con- they started making it to where he was no longer in a suit, but he was like CGI or something, right? Really. I, yeah, I think I thought well, Shin Godzilla he was in a suit, right? That was kind of a big. I think so. I'm pretty certain. I'm talking about like I think it was like late '90s or early 2000s. There was at least a one or two. I'm sure they where he it, yeah. where they tried to do CGI Godzilla. Oh yeah, I'm sure they did put in some. It yeah. looks pretty bad. At least some scenes, complete CGI. Um, but yeah, I think they're gonna follow up too with a, uh, you know, a Godzilla versus King Kong. Bring that back. I think that's a. Oh, you've heard that? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, which I think is a good idea as well. Um, even though the controversy is that Godzilla is vastly bigger than King Kong mm-hmm. in stature. Yeah. Yeah, because when, when we the had last Godzilla films, versus King Kong original, it was... Yeah, I mean, yeah, like he was <laughs> like Godzilla taller, or King Kong he was really big. Yeah, yeah. He was really big King Kong, so... Because he kind of looks we'll like that a play that off he kind of looked like a small dog when he was climbing the empire state building yeah <laughs> and then that's true now have you ever seen the uh, poster for godzilla versus megalon i believe um Where they're on top of the twin towers mm, no i'm that's <laughs> not that's not ringing the you, bell dude, you but... gotta check that out it's hilarious huh. they're on top of the twin towers godzilla's on one tower megalon's on the other and they're like about to duke it out but it's like what because they're like yeah why are they why are they on the twin towers yeah that's not part of they the movie like at all yeah and yeah they would have to be a lot shorter and too. they're in tokyo yeah they're <laughs> supposed to be in tokyo so yeah well well we had our we had a friend todd sheets out last uh pandemonium which we talked about on the last episode mm-hmm. and he's got a new movie coming out called clown nato oh yeah and i guess they're having like an opening at kansas in kansas city yeah, yeah. They had their opening like a couple weeks ago, I believe. Oh, uh, was it a couple weeks ago? Yeah, um, it went really well from what I saw on the pictures and everything. Oh yeah, I didn't see anything yet. They had a uh, they had their first amp opening in L.A. Right? Yeah, yeah. It was L.A. He usually does it in L.A. first, just because. Yeah, and the director of Terror Tunes was there, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It seems like it's been going really well. Like the reviews, everything I've seen on Clownado. Seems like it's yeah, it got uh, kickstarted the the percentage or whatever was pretty good, pretty high. Yeah, Indiegogo. Yeah, for like funding. Yeah, 
one thing I want to bring about about Clownado, if you did participate in the Indiegogo, uh, I guess they were having some sort of issues with their email hmm, with, that people that. were receiving. So um, Todd sent out a uh, Facebook post. So if you didn't see it, this is your chance. Uh, if you check your email, you will start getting updates now. They, I just got an email today saying that they're ready to ship. So the movie's done. Cool. They're ready to ship it. So some people already have copies. People I went to the screening, they were selling Blu-rays, DVDs, and VHS. No laser disc. No laser disc. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. You know, if if you would have gotten a, what a, about beta? If you would have gotten a million more, that might have been an option. But oh, yeah, that sucks. But um, it yeah, happens. I really want Clownado to be really good. Yeah. No, I like all of. All, Did you guys like Todd's Ben Hill Road? Yeah, I think. Oh yeah, I think what we said about Bone Hill Rose about right though. Um, a little slow in the first half, mm-hmm. but the second half is like incredible. Well, it's pretty tough too because Todd actually told us that a lot of his budget went towards the werewolf suits. Yeah, that Joe Castro did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, I know he said that he was trying to work on like character, more working with character development, not just trying to make a gore fest. So, I mean, I can understand it. Right on, yeah. But uh, hopefully, uh, I still stick by what I say is that. It really doesn't start to pick up until the second act. Yeah. I think he's always been really good with his gore. Yeah. And if he wants to continue to try to do, like, good story development and characters, that's fine. Because we all just, you know, as you get older, you don't really just want titties and gore. Yeah. But if it doesn't work out, go back to the gore. (laughs) Yeah, like, uh, Dreaming Purple Neon was really good. Yeah. You know? Definitely. So yeah, I'm, I I think we're all looking forward to Clownado. Yeah, and of course uh, Linnea Quigley uh, is going to be in it as well. Yep. Yeah, I wonder how big of a role she's going to have. Probably not big. Yeah, probably not. They usually get him for it like a weekend. It was pretty decent in Bone Hill Road, though. Her role. Yeah. But uh, I think we'll probably get it soon. It was supposed to be released in December. I think we all kind of knew that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. But uh, it'll get here. Mm-hmm. You know. It can be a pain in the ass. always follows through. It can also be a pain in the ass. He told us fulfilling those orders and everything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, Putting all those people in the credits. Yeah. And you got to print, like, all the covers, the discs. He said something about how, like, whenever you, from the moment you kickstart it or something, like, the prices went up to have things printed out and produced. For the mm-hmm. actual items. Yeah. Inflation and all that. Yeah. And I mean, he's not made of money, you know. Yeah. I think we all can guess. He don't make anything off these. Yeah. So, support Todd for sure. He's a good guy. You know, I'm not going to just, I'm not going to be one of those guys that tell you, tells you to support every independent thing that comes out. Yeah. Support what's good. If it's a good mainstream film, support it. If it's a good independent film, support it. Don't just support a piece of shit because it's independent film and hopefully all of our audience members they know that they know not to just be a mindless drone like so many people today are yeah like it's either like you have to love everything or hate everything yeah it's 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 just polar opposites use your own judgment find out what's good um i 
I would say most people are going to think that Dream Purple Neon's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and you can't hold it to the high, the same standards as a movie with oh, $50 yeah. million dollar budget. Right. Dawn of the Dead. It's not as good as Dawn of the Dead, though, so it must suck, right? You know, don't say that. You're fucking idiot if you say that. Yeah. 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 So. Todd Sheets, good luck to you with Clownado. Can't wait to watch it. Um, we'll probably try to get Todd on the show, I imagine. Yeah. Sometime. I'm he's sure he's already be down agreed for it. to. Yeah, he's already agreed to. To help us out. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. You know, the just kind of blindly following uh, what's new. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, Hollywood these days is really uh, pumping out the remakes, reboots. Um, so, you, of course, we have the continuation of uh, Star Wars this year, um, as well as a sequel to Space Jam. Starring the great LeBron James, right? With LeBron James. <laughs> he's to be in it. The GOAT, dude. Yeah, he's the GOAT. <laughs> uh, we got, you know, a Jay and Silent Bob reboot, too, for some reason. Well, they need money. So <laughs> and a Bill and Ted 3. Which... You know, just raises the question: Why? Money. It's because then, yeah, they know they can make money off of the the reboots. Yeah. Get a guaranteed audience. So here's it's, the it's thing: already established. Here's the thing: If we're gonna point fingers, you gotta blame the audience. Yeah, don't fucking see it. <laughs> don't fucking. Go. You know what I mean? Like these people are. Compl- I, I hear so many. I hear so many people complain about remakes and stuff, and. Those same people go out and see him. Got a point there. You know what I'm saying? It's like we have to not. It's like it's like if I was Hollywood. All right, put yourself in Hollywood's position. You're in it for business. The most important thing about a business, the most important, nothing else really even matters, is you're making. You want to make money. Yep. So if these, you know, if these idiots are gonna watch Space Jam two, I'd fucking put it out. I'd I'd make it. I'd make Space Jam fucking 10. How many fucking millions of dollars <laughs> are you going to pay make? for it? Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like Friday the People 13th. You can't blame Hollywood. You got to blame, you know, you got to blame yourself. You can't go watch, you can't, if, if you don't, if you don't think they should have remade Suspiria, don't fucking watch it. Yeah. What I was going to say is and it's actually, just like. actually, don't watch it. Yeah. And really, it's really boring. Yeah. That's what I was heard. I got no interest in it. Dude, it's so. Oh my god, I can't even prepare you for how bad the Suspirium remake is. But that's like with Friday the Thirteenth. And you know, I give. Like, you know, I I give my true. I I don't try to pander to anybody. Yeah. I I tell it like it is. I'm not gonna say it sucks just to be cool, and just to be faithful to the original. It really sucks. I heard it was slow and boring. Yeah. Very that's slow. The thing. That's the thing. What is with all these fucking movies? They're just like nothing happens. Yeah, I know. Like nothing happens, and you drag it out for so long. Yeah, that nothing yeah. happens. And you have all this moody stuff. It's supposed to be like suspense, I guess. But yeah, there's just so much unnecessary stuff in there. They they added like a Cold War element to it, where it's it's what? taking place in the Cold War, but it's it's not really something they really did anything with. It has anything to do with you know ultimately with how the movie's going to going to end? But it was. Just Let's there, modernize extra it. time. It's there. If you guys want to see, it's there. Yeah, cause, cause, cause Argento, you know, was always hinged on historical, like, background shit going on. No, 
you know, he's taking us to some place we've never been before. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's taking us to like this different hemisphere of the brain kind of thing where it's like, where am I? What is this? You know? Yeah. He took us out of our comfort zone. This movie took me to the cringe zone. <laughs> oh. Yes. And here's the thing, okay? You're, you're, you people out there are going are gonna to understand this about me. If you have a costume where the girl's got like some sort of string, right? Yeah. Well, you know that part with the yarn, the red yarn? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, I could have been like, okay, that's kind of cool if it was just that. But they had like this like skin tone bra and panties on. The fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> just show naked girls with this yarn. That would have been tight. Yeah. You know? Yep. It could have been like Sean Connery in that one movie, you know what I'm talking about? Where he's got that like, he's got like that red Speedo I think so. holster type yeah. thing. Yeah. Starts with a Z, I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but do that. Yeah. Sean Connery made it look good. This is hairy ass. Yeah. <laughs> can't God. show titties in Hollywood anymore, surely right? that Surely the girl from Fifty Shades of Grey can make it look good. Yeah, and there was plenty of uh, nudity in that, so... Was there? Yeah, yeah I don't really know why they shied away from it A bunch it of flat-breasted women, but that <laughs> seems to be the new thing. I don't know why, some sort of... Who knows? But anyways, the music was by um, Tom York of Radiohead fame, which I like Radiohead, but... After it seems like after in rainbows they've just gone downhill. And was he actually like singing and stuff, or was it no, just the songs, it was just like, like instrumental? Yeah, it was just like droning sound or something. I don't know. It was like white noise. Oh yeah. So. I guess it's better than playing like generic rock music or something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll I'll lend that. I if mean, you're gonna it, ha- it didn't really gonna... add a lot to it, but yeah, I'll. It's I'll not even necessarily the fact that it's a guy from Radiohead. It's like they could have done something with it, I guess. Like if it was good, like it wasn't like generic or if it wasn't bland. Yeah, if it would have been like Kid A era Radiohead, that would have been kind of cool. That would be, yeah, that would be interesting actually. But instead it's just some sort of droning we gotta yeah. think like Goblin. They're they're a rock band, right? Like they're, yeah. They're oh a band. my god. Yeah. Like, if like you want to compare Tom York, if you want to compare 2018 Tom York to Goblin, no. Yeah, there's no way. The yeah. soundtrack for Suspiria, dude. You'll be humming that shit your whole life. Mm-hmm. You'll never yeah, fucking fantastic until the day you die. You will not forget the soundtrack for Suspiria. All of Absolutely. us in this room. Can you remember, can you hum a song, Harrison, from Suspiria, the remake? From the remake? Yeah. No, absolutely okay. not. Okay. Yeah. In the original, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Everyone's so. got the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-d
God damn it. All right, well, God, why are we talking about Suspiria Remake? Uh, we should be talking about the... Uh, upcoming scary movies to tell in the dark, baby. Oh, yeah. Which, uh, okay, were you guys a fan of the yeah. books? Okay. Yeah, yeah I think we scary. all kind of grew up. I actually them. just yeah, rebought the books, the first two. Really? So, huh. like, when you went to the Scholastic Book Fairs, it was like a moth to a you know yep. light bulb. I was like, zoom, I was like zoomed in, zoned into the scary stuff. Fuck yeah, stories to tell in the dark because the artwork was so awesome. Okay, so I think it's safe to say the whole reason we even got into the books is because artwork. Right? Yeah, yeah, the artwork. And when was, they changed them a few years mm-hmm. back, that was terrible. Yeah, like, the artwork, artwork just sucked. Yeah. It wasn't scary at all. It was right. clear crystal, whatever. But yeah, yeah, they're making a movie off of it, Gomero del Toro or whatever. Mm. What 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 story? Do you guys remember any of the stories? I do remember one, and it's actually, I remember a few of them, but this one's one that's kind of been passed around as you know as a, a folk tale. Is the uh, the man with the claw on his for a hand? He, he's got a hook for a hand, not a claw. But uh, it's kind of about a man. Um, who kind of stalks people like in their cars, like teenagers, you know, mm-hmm. teenagers parked up, uh, you know, the makeout hill or whatever, uh, being terrorized by the guy with the claw for hand. Um, I remember one about a guy who grows a, a human being, uh, something like there's like a, a gardener and there's like a toe sticking out of his, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. wasn't that toe. called the toe? I believe it's called the toe. Yeah. And the, and the yeah, thing comes back and says, where's my toe? Where's my toe? Or something. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> there was exactly. one that was like a song, and it actually came with uh, sheet music. Oh, really? That's hilarious. And yeah. man, I forget how the song went. But it was like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. There's, an, there's a song like that in the books where yeah. it's like a casket song or something. It's about what happens when you die. Yeah. Yeah. I, re- I reread that, yeah. Yeah. The only thing that concerns me about the movie, how do you take short stories that go boom 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 like is there gonna be a lot like a like a shitload of short stories anthology i guess like 20 short stories because this this the stories and scary stories were really short very short yeah but you could fluff fluff them out they'll have but is it gonna be good if you fluff it out too much? you could you could fuck it up though if you try to fluff it out too much that's That's, true that's where i was going like so the artwork was so legendary yeah did you see the shit in this so one of the most legendary parts is that scarecrow. Yeah. Right? Did whole... you see where they replicated that with live action? I think so. I think I saw the still or something. That is a good question it though, because so I mean, I've never heard of an anthology film, you know, that goes over five stories usually. Yeah, they're usually four it's or like five. Three, yeah, three or four. Three, or four. Yeah. Yeah. So. Like a uh, Tales from the Dark or Creep Show, I think was four, maybe three. I think yeah. it'd be kind of awesome if they had like 20 made them real short. i, I think it would be cool especially with like add kids now yeah it'd be perfect it would just be like five <laughs> to ten minute stories like oh i'm getting bored of this it's over yeah yeah this this one sucks let's just i hope it's over soon oh it's over yeah go on the next one man when's this one gonna end right when you're thinking about man because there are a down? lot of there's a lot of really good stories in the books but there's a few that are kind of lame like yeah yeah because they're just folk stories yeah. So it can just be a simple, dumb story. It's some some are really clever. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, 
I'm a I'm a big fan of the books. So um, I mean I I'd really like it to be good. You know, it's not like I want it to suck. But from what I've seen, it just looks really really dumb. Yeah. So, uh, are you guys fans of James Wan? Since we're talking about, yeah, you know, I like James Wan. Well, I guess he's got a new Annabelle. He's like a Australian Japanese dude. Yeah, uh, yeah. Of course, he got to start with Saw, which I think the first Saw. I think it's very solid. I think it's. I think it is good. The first yeah. one. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I, I'd be lying if I said you know I wasn't expecting the, the ending. I mean, every. I don't think anybody saw the ending coming. Yeah, and like Where Jigsaw gets up, and when you when you look at the good. other Saw movies, they're just straight up like they're dumb, they're simple. Oh, a bunch of people getting killed one by one through yeah. traps and stuff. Yeah, it turned into like a gimmick. Yeah, the and first one was really deep and psychological. Yeah, did you guys see uh, his other ones, Dead Silence, or any of the other ones? Yeah, I, I think I I've seen see most Silence. of James Wan's films, but he he just owns the sequels to saw i've seen the conjuring you know stuff he's worked on yeah uh Uh, death sentence too i haven't seen that one. that one's really good it's got kevin bacon you'd like that it's like a it's kind of like a grindhousey type of like um revenge film it's almost like death wish cool i like death wish yeah so kevin bacon's son gets killed or beat up really bad something like that by this gang to initiate it's like a gang initiation and then he he kevin bacon just goes ape shit and john goodman's in it at one point oh sweet it's really good i've got it if you want to borrow it so have you guys seen any of the the other annabelles think there's like another one or something yeah i've seen the annabelle i liked it okay for what it was yeah i didn't see the annabelle creations is that the semi-newer one i have no fucking idea (laughs) They all run together. Yeah. Annabelle Paranorman Activity. A- Annabelle sucks a donk. Yeah. Annabelle gets breast augmentations. and. Yeah. That one's actually pretty good. Yeah, I, I do like that one. <laughs> Annabelle Didn't goes... Jim Wynorski direct that one? That sounds like a Jim Wynorski project. Yeah. I bet you he's working. If he hears this, he's it's already in production. Yeah. Jim, <laughs> I wish you good job. luck with the new Annabelle Do you film. guys have him on Facebook? Yeah. He he's really on that mon- mono or yeah momo or momo the the it's like the new slender man or something yeah boy I, I about every day I see a post where he's got like some actress gonna, is going to be in momo straight. Well, I hope back. he does it. I think he could do it. Justice. He probably will. He probably will do it. Yeah, that'd be really cool. But um, I don't know. It'll probably suck. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys like Insidious? Are they are, huh? And and what? Insidious. Oh, I've never seen that one. Okay, me neither. Okay. A lot of those like newer spooky ooh dolls alive or ooh it's a ghost aren't those mostly like PG thirteen? Yeah, I believe so. Conjuring two and Conjuring are really good. I kind of just throw it all in the same category, a spooky ghost story. Spooky ghost, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Whether it's the Conjuring, Annabelle, whatever. Right. So if we go back to remakes, one we forgot to mention here is the new Child's Play. Ugh. So did you guys actually? It's not Child's Play. It's Chucky. Or is is it that Chucky? What they're calling it? Is it just called Chucky, no, or is it called? No, it's, it's Child's Play. Child's Play. Oh, but yeah. everyone calls like the they just the refer to it as Chucky. Chucky. Yeah. 
Oh, I love Chucky. It's great movies. What'd you guys think <laughs> of the trailer for that? Um, I actually didn't see the trailer. Uh, I did see the still, unfortunately, of what Chucky looks like. Oh boy. The trailer. It's bad. Looks like ass. Yes. And I don't understand. Yes, like I like Aubrey Plaza or whatever her name is, the mom, the mm-hmm. girl who plays the the mom in the new one. She looks kind of young. Yeah, she's kind of hot too. Like it just seems like. Mm-hmm. You wish she was your mom. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, she, I wish she was my girlfriend. But no. Um, like it she, just seems you, really. You out wish of, she was your baby's mama. Yeah. There, there you go. go. There you go. It just seems really weird that she was chosen. I agree. She still looks. She was chosen. Pretty young. She was the she chosen was the one. Chosen like, one. Yeah. There can be only one. Same. It was said that she would Part destroy. Could be only one. It was Age. said that she would destroy the remakes, not become one of them, the chosen one. Yes. Yes. She was put on this earth to destroy. How dare she? Yeah. Our childhood. No, the new Chucky design looks like ass. Oh, I can't. Yeah, even. he looks. He looks so fucking stupid. He's got a really like smooth looking face, and oh, yeah, he looks. Oh. Uh, Oh. I don't know. He, he doesn't he look creepy. Like a, he looks like a um, freaking uh, oh, what's that? Like Aeropostale Chucky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. What's that store where you go in and it's super dark and it smells really strongly of cologne? Hollister? Yeah. He looks like a Hollister version of Chucky. <laughs> you know how we had the Great Value Hellraiser? Yeah. This is, this is the, um, what was it called? Hollister version. Hollister Chucky. Yeah. What do you guys think about Mark Hamill voicing him? See, this That's a really bizarre because, choice. Because people, people are like, oh man, it looks like shit, but Mark Hamill's voicing it. You know? It's like, uh, so? What has Mark Hamill done besides Star Wars? Seriously. He was in body bags. I will say this. And he did a Colt 45 commercial. Okay. What he's known for, other than Star Wars, because he's done a lot of it, because I think a lot you guys probably don't know. I don't. I know you don't Gay know. Gay porn? No. <laughs> he actually is a voice actor. Oh, okay. He, before Star oh, yeah, Wars, yeah, yeah. he was a voice actor on like cartoons and shit. Right. And he did Joker in the Batman series. Oh, okay. So he, I heard the, him on the trailer, and he was pretty good. Hmm. But he sounded more like a Brad Dorff impersonator, from what I could tell. So just get Brad Dorf. Yeah. But they said that Mark Hamill And Brad Dorf was in Curse of Chucky. Yeah. It's he's it's not like he's not doing anything. They said that Mark Hamill was their first choice because I thought, well, maybe Brad Dorf doesn't want to show but wanna wanna do it again. But yeah. they said, Oh, maybe that's great. he doesn't want to get a paycheck, even though yeah. he's probably like broke as shit right now. Well, he doesn't want to be typecast, even though he's done ten of them. <laughs> now he's gonna draw the line now okay. yeah i draw the line now too if i saw that shit well that is kind of funny though because not to get off topic but some of the avengers people are leaving because like they're sick of doing them yeah i could right sure. i i could yeah i like i could have guessed that would have happened robert downey jr and some of the other ones yeah i'd do it they already got that how many sense, millions yeah. of dollars that see that's they gonna be the decline of, of the, all this shit with the superheroes yeah. which by they're gonna way, have to reboot the Avengers. I was sick of in two thousand three. Oh, they're yeah, they're going to. Yeah. Is that uh, now we've had the superhero movies in the past? The actors have left, or the studio didn't want them anymore, and they move on, and it's worked. Yeah. But eventually, they're gonna move on, 
and they're going to get shit actors, and that is going to be the decline. Well, the decline is going to be, in the past, they've just done individual movies, but now MCU exists, so each movie fits into one. Yeah. So, like, the Iron Man movies are part of the Spider-Man universe, the Thor movies are part of this universe, and it just comes together. But what happens when Captain America, Thor, and uh, Iron Man leave the actors? You're gonna have to reboot it, and then you're gonna then somebody else walks away. You have to reboot it again. All that again. history you've already established, you spent all this time establishing, is gone. Yeah. Or they'll just pull like a, a soap opera. Yeah. Where they just be like, Iron Man is now going the role to be of Tony by. Stark. Yeah. And that's gonna be the decline. Yeah. Now I know it's worked in the past when they switch. Yeah. They haven't. They haven't had an original Iron Man though. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. There wasn't anybody right. before Robert Downey Jr., was he? Not Robert Downey Jr. was the first movie that yeah, was part of the that MCU. Yeah, that comes to mind, yeah. So, once, once those dominoes fall, I'm telling you, it's going to be gone. And I'm going to... Mm-hmm. We're going to crack open some beers then that day comes. Get drunk <laughs> as fuck. Woo! Now, one thing is that the, super, the superhero shit has revived uh, movie theater. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, uh, it definitely has, keep it know, floating. Yeah, kept it's kept it because afloat. Hollywood doesn't have anything else than superheroes for like a mainstream audiences, remakes and superheroes. Right, and so it keeps it afloat. And the yeah. remake trend has been going on since what? Fuck. Two thousand two. Yeah. So, man, that's gonna be a great day when that shit's going. What do you think is gonna kill it? What do you think is gonna come along that's gonna kill it? What do you think is gonna happen in the future as far as? The new, what everybody's going to want to watch. I'll tell you, I think it's going to be, I don't know about a trend or whatever, but I think Hollywood's going to get butt-fucked by streaming, the internet, Netflix, Amazon Prime. All these streaming things are going to butt-fuck them. Yeah. Martin Scorsese, who was that? It was Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg was like trying to get rules changed for the Oscars. Like, to where Netflix can't be included. Oh, right, right. So Netflix actually, in, in turn, decided to also show some of their stuff in festivals before putting it on Netflix. Yeah. Like, they're they have to do it on, for two uh, weeks. Roma, yeah. Put it out on the festivals and then... Yeah. His argument was something like, they're TV movies, they're not actual movies. They're like, they're like TV somethings. Yeah. But... Martin you know, Scorsese said that. Somebody like that, dude. Where did he come from? It was some. It was I don't know if it was Martin Scorsese <laughs> or if it was Steven Spielberg. I think it was Steven Spielberg. Either way, man. Whoever Whether, said that, they're just trying to protect Hollywood. That's all they're trying to do. They're, it, they're just protecting. It, and which Hollywood. is bullshit because where did they start? Jaws, Steven Spielberg, Jaws. That's a movie that really broke them into the industry. That was low budget, mm-hmm. independent. Well, not technically, but. Yeah, a lot of big directors, you know. It's like they came fr- they came from the bottom, just like everybody else. Now they're trying, you know what I mean? It's kind of sickening. Streaming and all that, it gives like directors more of a platform. It'd be like if uh, Lloyd Kaufman all of a sudden made got some movie that made him big. Yeah. And he started like defending Hollywood, <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Gosh. They they gotta remember their roots. Yeah, you know so it's what I'm not saying? to Hollywood. Fuck Hollywood. Yeah, they're they're a business, they're an industry. 
And we're not we're not saying fuck Hollywood just because they're this big huge thing. Yeah. We don't I mean we're that's I say fine. fuck Hollywood because they control everything. I, they're the reason why well, they're the reason why exploitation movies don't get made. They're the reason why slasher movies were they tried to hide slasher movies. Because they're fair. ashamed of them. Yeah, yeah they made us money, but we're ashamed of them because they're not Oscar right. worthy. Right, like Friday the Thirteenth made so much money for Paramount, and they don't so they don't do anything with it. Money. If, yeah. if if they release something, except remake remakes of it, it's the cash it. It's a cash grab, and then like, how much money did Friday the Thirteenth make? The remake, I think it made a shitload, didn't it? Yeah, and if you're talking about like how much it made compared to how much it cost to make, it was like. You know, like a record breaker, kind of like yeah, Jaws was. because like horror movies are cheap. That's why Hollywood sometimes comes out with them. I think? Do you think Paramount respects Friday the Thirteenth? Not, no. I don't think so. I, I'll say, I'll tell you why. Somebody else pointed it out. Does Does Paramount ever do like whenever they do something with Friday the Thirteenth? What do they do? They release a cheap set with it on Blu-ray or something, a quick thing, like a four pack, or here's a dollar store Blu-ray pack. They did the the remake, which made a shitload of money. They did it so that they, they knew it would make a lot of money, but they didn't do anything else with it. They brought it back 10 years ago, and what else have they done? I'm not saying they need to do more with it, but like that, tell me, that to me says that they don't respect it. They don't, they're ashamed of slashers. They only make, they, were, they made them in the 80s because they were popular. They made them yeah. money. They made them money. Yeah, and then in the late 80s, you had sort of that slasher boom, but they were trying to get, like, a new twist on it. They're always... The whole thing was, let's make a slasher film, and every single one had something that, like, was so bizarre that they are like, there's no other movie like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? They were, so the they were looking slashers, for... Which I like those movies. Yeah. Part of what got Friday the 13th made was they put, like, the tagline, Scare- the, the scariest movie ever made or something... And the producers were like, oh, yeah. well, that'll get us some money. Just seems like a really cheap tactic when you think about it. It's like people only do things because they get paid. And that's just yeah. sad. But like I said, it really comes down to the consumer. Yeah. You I know? guess kind of why we still get these <laughs> These Annabelle. teenagers are like, oh my gosh, this yeah. looks so cool. I've never heard of this before. And it's like Bill and Ted 3. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Your grandpa or your father watched this when he was a teenager. Yeah, there's that there's that whole culture out now, and I, you know, people people might say we kind of fall into that, but it's sort of this like I don't know, idolizing the past a little bit. Yeah, I truly believe that the films were just better. They were. That's the shit, why the shit today, especially with CGI and green screen. It's not like I got like some sort of like foggy eyes for the mm-hmm. past or something like that. There's I wasn't even alive. That- I didn't even see like, you know, Bill and Ted or you know, any of that stuff till much much later. I was yeah, already I watching. I was already Bill watching the Hollywood stuff, the new stuff. Some of the earliest movies I remember would be something like Bill and Ted. But seriously, if you break it down. You look at the movie from like a technical standpoint. It's good. Bill and Ted's good. Uh, if you break down and look from a technical standpoint of like Underworld, it's not good. No. <laughs> no. So, well, Frederick. I, I, I want to oh, bring sorry. that up real fast. Yeah. Because you just said technical standpoint. Mm-hmm. 
the Oscars they did a, they did a thing where they were gonna put put specific um, categories and they were gonna not air them live, but they were gonna just do 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 them on the stage in person on during the commercial breaks. Oh yeah, that's right. One of those um, categories was best cinematography. <laughs> that is fucked. A bunch of directors you know, were I, super pissed. I mean, you know, one thing about modern films is it seems like the cin- cinematography is definitely... Um, I, I'm not going to say well done, but you can tell the cinematographer knows his craft really well. That's fair. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's good cinematographers out there. Suspiria, it had a good cinematographer. He sh- He chose some really stupid shots... And he dragged things out and made things boring. You know? Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily his decision mm-hmm. or not, but it's like. Yeah. I mean. You're talking about cinema, but you're leaving out cinematography. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, that's true. But, like. Best Social Justice Warrior award they'll probably they'll probably have that yeah well that's really important and then they'll they'll make sure they'll get like a real close-up of Meryl Streep and oh yeah mm-hmm. mm. applauding yeah. oh my gosh yeah so strong and then they'll get on stage and they'll talk about how old white people are evil and the rich are evil yeah and then they'll be like yeah so. that's kind of par for the core yeah yeah we got to it's just what you have to do it's part of the contract so another topic we have is Frederick Williamson. Um, is, that, is, he related to, is he related to Fred Williamson? Yeah, Fred Williamson. <laughs> uh, football player back in the day. He was in quite a bit of black exploitation films. He's oh, shit, so like it the, is Fred Williamson? Yeah. I thought it was Frederick, well, it was Frederick Williamson. Yeah, Frederick Fred Williamson. Okay, yeah. I think he goes by Frederick now to make him, because he's a director, make himself seem more refined. Yeah. So Fred Exquisite. Williamson, whatever you want to call him, uh, he was kind of the king of black exploitation, I'd say. Yeah, definitely. You know, he's kind of like the first guy you think of when you think about black exploitation from the seventies. When you think of black women, it's uh, Pam Greer. Yeah, Pam Greer, and then for men, it's Fred Williamson. Yeah. So he's got a new movie coming out. Uh, the synopsis is. Fred and his military buddies must defend their local punk mutants. Must that must be must defeat. Oh, must defend their VFW posts from the. Oh, sorry. From the punk mutants. Yeah. Right. Okay. Fred and so. his military buddies must defend their local VFW post, veterans of foreign war post, and an innocent teen against a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of punk mutants punk mutants what is a punk mutant um i don't know i'm picturing uh i'm picturing like class of newcomb high type stuff but okay I've, i'm yeah. not sure if that's what they would be going yeah, for if, I would they, say, yeah. if they are, are then i'm totally in, in support of it are those guys that robbed that taco restaurant in toxic avenger yeah yeah <laughs> yeah no i think class of newcomb high is right on yeah those guys yeah with like the bone that guy with the bone and gg allen Gigi, Allen. yeah, Gigi <laughs> Allen, and the yeah, the murder junkies would be like punk mutants. Okay, all right, that's throwing, cool. Throwing a shit. That yeah. actually sounds kind of awesome. That yeah, really where's awesome. it at in production? Is it out yet? Is it in production? Is it just writing? Do you know? 
I, all I know is what I've said, and then William Sandler's in it from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. He plays that bald. He plays uh, Morpheus or something. What, what's his name? In? Basically, Death. Um, but yeah, one thing that's kind of funny about uh, Fred Williamson that I've heard is that. Um, so, this movie's going to have it because he's in it. It's like a part of his contract. Um, he's not in a movie. Unless he wins all of his fights. <laughs> He's the uh, good guy that everybody looks up to. And he gets a girl at the end. And he ne- he doesn't die. So if you write him in a script, he, he has to have that. God like, damn that's it, part Charlie, of you just contract. gave away the entire movie. I know. Yeah. So this is going to... So Fred, I, I'll tell you, Frederick Williamson will not die in this movie. He will not get his ass kicked. He will get the girl. He won't get his ass kicked by the punk mutants. And, you know. He's Fred Williamson. If you're lucky, he might, you know, whip it out. I don't know. Ooh, I don't think he's ever done nice. that in a film. It's come close. You know that shot where you get, like, the right before the... Yeah. So. But, um... That actually might be kind of cool. Uh, he did a movie not too long ago. I mean, like, early 2000s. Hmm. Which is actually a long time ago, isn't it? Yeah, almost 20 years ago, 16, 17. Jesus. <laughs> what movie are you thinking of? Yeah, we're old now, right? I don't remember the movie, but it was cool. Mm-hmm. I remember it was cool. He's been in a few decent 90s movies. One of them's yeah. about Gary, Indiana, original gangsters. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Oh, that's tight. Was that a good one? No. Nah. Oh. <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> Did he die in it? I don't think so. Did he get and, the girl? I think so, actually. Did he win all his fights? Yeah. See? They kicked the the gangs out of Gary. See, go back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. We don't want you around here. And we're gonna just kind of take a minute to talk about Dark Force Entertainment and how ridiculous they are. How ridiculous are they? Have you been following up with them? Not not much recently, like real recently. Well, they just like threaten to pull movies because people right. complain about it. Um, their stores only open when it wants to be. They did that thing with Dawn of the Discs. Yeah, they, where they were like threatening. They were threatening. They Dawn got of the all Discs. shitty with Dawn of the Discs. They were threatening to like sue them or the something truth. for releasing details that were false about a movie release that weren't false. Something. Who knows? <laughs> Who fucking cares? Well, they posted a post that Dark Force had written and then deleted. Yeah. Dark Force is kind of like a warehouse or like a distribution company for Code Red. Code Red kind of dabbles in all these different... They kind of send their stuff out to these different places. Usually they choose something good like Diabolic DVD, but... Yeah, Grindhouse Video. Sometimes they choose some... I really place don't... Place come out of woodwork. I don't yeah, know. I really don't know like how close Dark Force is to Code Red. I imagine from their posts they seem pretty close. Almost like they're just buddies with Bill. Oh, yeah, they're... Like, they, hey, Bill. They defend Bill to the death, yeah. But like Diabolic, they're all the way in New Jersey. So. But like, they'll do they'll do some shady stuff like, um, and, and Bill's kind of always been known for doing kind of shady business stuff. Yeah. Uh, but like, you know, hey, I think we owe to Bill because he's coming out with a lot of shit that we're not Fuck yeah. out. I think we can all say that. All right, so I'm not, I'm not a Bill hater in any way. Yeah, I mean, but some shady things are like 
creating false demand for a movie. Like they have more copies than they say. Yeah. We're like they'll pull, say, we're "Oh, sold out," and then they'll make make sure you get your make sure you get your limited copy. It's going to sell out soon. And then, like a few months later, they'll say, "We just got a new shipment in from Seattle. We found all these Blu-rays. You know, we found yeah. all the stock in Seattle." So it's like I don't know. It's weird. I think the worst thing about Dark Force, and I think Bill kind of had the same problem, but it's you know whatever. They're whoever like their PR. They don't treat their customers very well. Oh no, they send them like letters that, w- w- like a, seems like a loan shark would write to somebody. Yeah, there was really? that guy. Uh, something like I guess I shouldn't say his. I don't know if I should say his name. And but. the fans are shitheads. A lot of them. That's true. You know what I mean? Like they'll complain about the stupidest stuff. Yeah. But McCracken, he said something about like a complaint against one of. Dark against Dark Force, and then Dark Force responded with, "Watch yourself before you, you get McCracked. Get you before oh, you yeah, get your I skull McCracked." Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> they kind of like yeah. play into the whole like internet trolls. Yeah, and right. they let it this get to like them. Yeah, so it's just stupid. Don't feed the trolls. Yeah. And then okay, so this is hilarious. Um. Danzig's new vampire spaghetti western. Have you heard about this? No. <laughs> what is what is Danzig's involvement in it? He's gonna direct, write he's everything. Dir- oh really? Yeah. Oh, shit. He's it's gonna be like Danzig's movie. I think he's even like producing it and like everything. Huh. Who knows if this will happen? You know, there's always something weird going on with Danzig that never pans out. But yeah, he's working on a. From what he says, and he's pretty excited about it. He's working on a new vampire spaghetti western. And the first thing that came to my mind was va- Vampire Hunter D. You could kind of consider that like a vampire spaghetti western. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So well, it might be like a Vampire Hunter D come to life, maybe? Well, here's what I've always wanted from more um, westerns, especially some of the older ones, like the 60s and 70s, is more spa- uh, horror more westerns. More spaghetti. More spaghetti on the side with the side <laughs> of Parmesan and, and breadsticks. I always wanted more... Horror westerns, zombies, werewolves, vampires, whatever. Yeah. So westerns. do you have like an example of that? Maybe. No, because there's none. You want more? That's I want. There's like hardly any of them. There's a few, but like I know there's a few. Yeah. But you know, the only one I've seen that's close to it would be like Bone Tomahawk. See, like that sounds cool, but it also sounds like something like Uwe Bowl would make. Sure. It it all depends on who makes it. Yeah, it's a fine line. Yeah, between good and terrible. But like in sixties and seventies, I think they could have done some good shit with that black and white uh, western movie. Yeah, with like zombies or some shit. I don't know. Just do something, you know. If you have a, like- a ghost who rides, well, there was there was one. There was that ghost town movie, or whatever. But it wasn't that great. It was okay. Here's what you need to do. You need to have Nick Cave write it. From Nick Cave in the back. I don't know what you're talking wrote, about. Um, it's really good. Man, what was that? What was that movie that came out that had um, Nick Cave's really good. The kid from Holes. What what else he written? And it was like about moonshine. It was about. And that's it. That's it. Like. Uh, he wrote really good songs. It was during the Prohibition. 
Oh, we could you, do so were you ta- Okay, so you were talking about uh, Lawless. I think? Lawless. Did you watch Lawless? Lawless. I did actually watch it, yeah. I have like not it? seen that. It's good, it good it? yeah. Yeah, Nick Cage wrote that. Um, You could see what else he wrote. But uh, I don't know. I I think he could do something like Because if you watch Lawless, it has that. It, it feels very much of its time. You can tell he did a lot of research. Yeah, that's what you would need. Yeah. Yeah, he's written a couple westerns, which is interesting. Huh, so that, that is interesting. Yeah. Wrote uh, another one. It's kind of a western. Uh, the Proposition. Oh, okay. And, yeah, it looks like he's he's got some stuff like that. He's so. good. He's good. Get him to write write it. And uh, You could have, like, a band I of... would say stick away from the zombies, though. Yeah. And the vampires. Yeah. What you could do is have, like, I don't know, maybe some kind of supernatural confederate thing somehow. Um, Cannibal the Musical. Sure. You could kind of say oh, yeah. it was like a little Curse bit. the Cannibal Confederates. Yeah, and I was thinking of, of that, too. Cannibal Confederates, which that took place in modern time. Yeah. They were just being attacked by confederates that were, like, ghosts. Because, like, in The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, like, the whole thing is, like, it's set during the Civil War, right? The end of it. Or after it or something. So, yeah, you can infuse some kind of Civil War element. The Alamo. Who fucking knows? You could do something with it. Ghosts, banshees, I'm, I'm murderous, to, gunslingers. I don't fucking know. Do something. I'm proud to be in a podcast where we bring up cannibal Confeder- Curse of the Cannibal Confederates. Yeah, that's, there's not probably not too many of those out, <laughs> out there. You should watch that if you're listening to this. You should. Yeah, if you're, if you're looking for... Uh, you know, if you don't that's really the mind one about looked. special effects too much, then how do you get a hold of that? Um, it's in Toxie's Blood Bank. Yeah, Toxie's. They sell uh, it individually, I think, too. Okay. I think I've seen it out there. At, Actually, at their table. I don't think it's in Toxie's Blood Bank. It's um it's in that... Toxie's Triple Terror. Yeah. Um, along with uh, Demented Death Farm. <laughs> um, and uh, what's the other one? By dialogue, it's something. It's some trauma it's, movie. It's, yeah, that's not it's actually made by yeah. trauma, just distributed by. Lloyd trauma. Kaufman, I think, has said that that's his least favorite, like the shittiest trauma movie that they've put what out. What is C- Curse of the Confederate? Oh something. God. that's what I think he said. He's full of shit. You like it? Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> who wouldn't like that? It's a masterpiece. I'm pretty sure it was that one. So the other one was Deadly Daphne's Revenge. That was the other I one. I was about included. to say that, yeah. Yeah, because I could see the DVD. But yeah. Worst trauma movie? If we're talking about like movies distributed by trauma. See, that's the funny thing. I actually like their distributed movies. Like better. Yeah. I wouldn't say better. But I, I would say better. You're wrong. You're wrong, Curtis. You're wrong. No. You're wrong. What's better than Toxic Adventure? Redneck sound base. Okay. All right. I don't agree with that, but that's I could see. That's that. there's a there's a big argument to be made there. I yep. could see. I'm not really a big Toxic Adventure. He's good. I like Toxic. Adventure, I could though. see coming from the mind of somebody who's wrong that that could be right. Well, I could see how somebody who's wrong <laughs> might think that I'm wrong about being right. Yeah. I do like Cannibal, Redneck Zombies though. Just yep. Redneck Zombies. One movie that I tried to get into 
but I don't know. Like I'm kind of mixed on it. It's rabid grannies. Oh yeah, the, I yeah. dubbing is it. so bad. It is. The, yeah. It's the almost unwatchable. Of, one of the right, tough things yeah. about that too is any version you see, like most of them are really cut. They cut a lot of the gore out. Oh really? The Blu-ray that they put out a few years ago, I guess, had like two different versions, like a producer's cut and an original cut. But they always cut out the gore. Hmm. And there's still not an uncut version. There is somewhere, but it's like a long time. They released it a long time ago. It's not like an official. Re- oh, okay. It is an official, but it's like, I, I, I want to say if you get like the PAL European or something, because it's actually a Swiss movie or like Norway or something. This is why the dubbing sucks. Okay. Yeah. You can almost say that Campbell the Musical is a lot better than most trauma movies. That's true. If you're a fan I mean, of the they, comedy. Right. Yeah. They acquired that so early. Yeah, so... Tristone and Matt Parker's... uh, Do you know how the deal went down with that? I think he talks about it in... I think he uh, discusses it, but I don't really remember the details. Make your own damn movie. Yeah. So, he's... um, And this is actually... I think Matt Stone wrote it as a cliff note in the uh, Make Your Own Damn Movie book. But he... Matt Stone and Trey Parker met Lloyd Kaufman at Taco Bell and they pretty much ended up giving him the movie and then uh, he made them buy him a taco <laughs> like made him pay for the he made them pay for his pay for the taco, taco Bell, Bell. <laughs> yeah so he That's got funny. he got Campbell Hall call, he got Campbell the musical for free and Taco Bell so that's a pretty good deal for that's Lloyd. a very good deal I guess that's why he's still around like Truman's still around because like he's he's a harsh negotiator yeah, and really, I mean, it's kind of like they went to everybody. Yeah. They went to everybody in the whole world to try to get distribution for Campbell Musical. Nobody was wanting to touch the film. Yeah. And you have Lloyd who can put it in video stores. Yeah. He's putting your movie in video stores. Your name's on it. You know, I I think, hey, you know, I don't blame him. Yeah, what else are you gonna do with it? Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna just have it sit on a shelf. The filmmakers are obviously desperate enough to give it up. See, I think the weirdest, or the strangest trauma distribution is uh, my neighbor Totoro. Yeah, really, they that distributed one's that. Kind of a brain scratcher. Yeah, they the even uh, they even used to have a Totoro suit that they go around in conventions and wear Damn. at the trauma table. When was this? When did they have that distribution? I would say like 2000. I'd say like, yeah, late 90s, early 2000s. I would think. That would make sense a little bit. Like, not really, but it does because this is the era where you go to FYE to get your anime. And the dubbing's pretty bad. I'm sure it's horrible. I I don't think I've actually seen it. Or if I have, it's been over a decade. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah, so. That's really kind of all the uh, news that's that's out right now. But um, I think we were wanting to make kind of one of the big sort of the meat of this podcast. We were kind of wanting to do like a Puppet Master retrospective. And uh, we're going to go ahead and do that. First, we're going to take a break. And uh, we got something special in line for you in this break, particular break.
Have y'all ever heard the story of Chainsaw Chuck? The legend has it that one day, about 20 years ago, he was making some fried chicken and cornbread when some kids replaced his oil with gasoline as a prank. Whole damn house went up, and it's damn shame about that cornbread too. He still haunts this here ranch. That's just a dumb story to scare corn chuckers from the ranch. What was what, baby? Come back to bed. I'm making some cornbread. Cornbread. You damn kids ruined my cornbread. Oh my fucking. <laughs> yeah. Alright, y'all. Now five teenagers fighting for survival. Don't you get it? He thinks we ruined his cornbread. He will never stop looking for us. Come out, come out, wherever you are, I'm gonna find you! It's survival, down south. Hey, there you are! I'm gonna kill you, you son bitch! It's Hoosier Massacre. Because where he come from, you got a little bit of chicken fry, cornbread on a Friday night, and a pair of teens that scream just right. Rated R for graphic nudity, language, and gore. Hope you liked the uh, trailer. Um, Who's your massacre? Wasn't that a delight? We have to discuss the we have to. history <laughs> of Puppet Master. I'm actually being held against my will. Please yeah, help me. This is, good. This is probably going to be torture, I guess, but for everybody involved. Well, all right. So... The first Puppet Master. Charles Band production. I think it was the first time they were like... I think it was one of the first films where they were under the full moon. Yeah, so first... Where, right. where they were under like the full full moon, I guess, company. 
Yeah. You had Empire and you had um, like Wizard, Wizard Video or whatever. Yeah. So this is this is when they really became Full Moon. And uh they really transformed under a Full Moon. David Schmoller <laughs> is the director of the first one who who made um Taurus Trap and Catacombs, I believe. Probably. He made a couple of good films. So Puppet Master the plot is um, there's this guy William Hickley, right? Is that what's that old guy's name? I believe name? that's like, his name. Yeah, William Hickey or something like that. Anyways, he ha- he's he's got these puppets that he's designed. He's kind of resurrected, or he's brought life to puppets. Hmm. And he has all see in the first one. There's like all these cool puppets at the beginning. Remember that? I do. remember They're not that, in yeah. the rest of the film. Right. I wouldn't say they're cool puppets. They're just not what we usually see. Like unique, yeah. yeah. So, um, and actually, if you look up the Wikipedia, they all have names, and I think they get brought back in the later ones. You know, as like cameos. But uh, the psych, there's this group of um, they they all have these different psychic abilities. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna go over them because it's stupid. <laughs> but you know, yes, like, it is. One can like one can like touch objects and tell who's lived there. One can. You got the guy from um, American Graffiti. Right, right. Uh, what's his name? Um, anyways, he's in it. He's kind of got like this long hair type deal thing going on. Yeah. He's very late 80s looking. Right, yeah. And uh, they come together because they kind of get word that their colleague has passed. Or no, their colleague has told him to come to this location. This hotel, the Bordel or something like that. Right, and, something uh, like that. So they come there and they find out he's dead. And the rest of the movie is kind of them in this hotel dealing with the puppets. And you get introduced to all the puppets. They actually show quite a bit of the puppets from start to finish, wouldn't you they say? They definitely do, yeah. So, I would say so. I'd say it's pretty generous in that. Okay, well, all right, so can you remember their names? Yeah, so I mean, of course we. One? I'm I'm not sure what order exactly, but of course we have Blade. He's one um, of the, probably the most well known, right? He's one of the, the most the well known. Yeah, he's kind of the, one of the most iconic uh, puppets. Um, he's got the white face, the hat, knife, and the hook for a hand. Black, uh, like, rain jacket. Like, yeah, like a trench coat type yeah. thing. Yeah. So we have him, of course. Um, we also have Leech Woman, uh, who has a very—he probably has the best introduction to the film. <laughs> um, so you know, the guy and this girl are getting it on, you know. And the guy has like a skullet, right? Yeah, he's got like a skullet, you know, <laughs> he's got, like a ponytail skullet kind of thing. Kind of looks like, like Reggie Bannister a little bit. Kind of got him like tied up or some shit. They're mm. doing some some kinky stuff. Yeah, he's and tied up. He's tied up. Exactly yeah. what I mean. He's tied yeah. up. And, uh, which is weird, which is weird. Yes. He's blindfolded. uh, He's blindfolded. (laughs) And, uh, leech woman comes and, uh, hocks up a big, uh, leech onto his nipples. Mm -hmm. So first he thinks, God damn, that would hurt. Like your nipples are so freaking sensitive, man. Yeah. He thinks like his nipples are getting sucked on or whatever. And I've never been sucked on by a leech. Is that? I would think it would hurt. Does that hurt? Imagine I don't know. It would hurt. I don't know. I've never been either. 
But like the nipples are so sensitive. Anyway, go on. But uh, yeah, so this, I like this my is that sucked on. But yeah, go on. This is yeah. <laughs> well, we all do. Go this on. This is that puppet's ability is that she regurgitates leeches. Ew. So so we have her. We have Tunler who also gets introduced in that scene. Uh, guy with a drill on top of his head. Yeah, cause he like look he like looks under the bed or she looks under the bed. Yeah, she looks under the bed and Tunler just. That's a great shot too. Um, David Allen did the uh, animation, I believe, on that. He hmm. was kind of like a student of, um, oh, the guy that animated King Kong. What's his name? I think I know who you're talking about. No. Nah, a- anyways. Yeah. Um, I'd have to look that up, something like that up. But, but yeah. And didn't, David uh, Allen. Didn't Richard yeah. Band, did he do, did Richard Band compose the first one? Yeah, yeah, Richard Band did the soundtrack. With well, soundtrack's fucking awesome. Soundtrack is really good, and he did the soundtrack for uh, Taurus Trap too, which was really good. He's done a soundtrack for a lot of stuff. Yeah, and David Allen animated a lot of stuff too. He animated a lot of the stuff in Robo Jocks and Subspecies. Remember those little devil alien things and stuff? I do. Yeah, yeah. So that's so, kind of his thing. Is little. Yeah, you have that shot puppets. where Tunneler comes down. I love that shot. I think Great they shot, use yeah. that shot all the time. They do, and that's okay because it's <laughs> that's such, okay, such yeah. a good shot. Yeah, they don't use it all the time in this movie. They only use it once, but in later movies. Yeah, in later movies, you're gonna see a lot of it. Of course, Any, you got anytime they do the full moon trailers where they highlight all the full moon movies, they always they have that show shot. that scene. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you got Tumblr, you got Pinhead, of course. Uh, he's kind of kind of got like actual human hands, kind of, and he. <laughs> and every time he punches, it's like he punches people. He's really strong for being, you know. Well, yeah, he'll knock a bitch out. Yeah, mm-hmm. for being like sixteen inches tall. One of his kills is he picks up that um, fire poker yep. and beats that maid yep. with it. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing. There's probably only like ten people in the whole movie. Wouldn't you think? Probably. There's yeah. not that many there's people very, in the whole movie. There's not a large cast by any means. No, and it takes place in. The hotel, pretty much. There's a few shots outside of it. Right. At the beginning, there's them at basically where the the psychics are, universities and stuff like that. But mostly, yeah, in that actual house. But the movie's not boring. No, it's It's, definitely not boring. And it doesn't feel limited. No, it's it's got a... I mean, it's actually got... Yeah, it's probably the most serious in the series. Yeah. It's got the most, like, constructed plot. Yeah, there's a lot of plot holes. Into it. If you there's a lot of plot holes. But if you've wa- if you watch the first Puppet Master as many times as me and Harrison, but they tried. There's a lot of stuff where it's like, what? Wait, huh? And I'm not even go go over the plot holes, but there's a shit. But that's probably like a product of them actually trying to write a really good plot. I mean, it probably has more plot holes probably, than, yeah. than any film I've ever seen. Actually, it's like some of the in later fact, ones. It, it are actually kinda goofy, makes right? no sense. The whole movie makes absolutely no sense at all. Yeah, no. It, I mean, it, it it makes, like, Argento look like he's, like, hardcore linear stories. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of stuff where you're like, well, okay. It's kind of dreamy, too. Have you Do you get that feeling where it's kind of like a dreamy film? Like yeah. It, it feels like... I get that. I don't know. It never, I, I, I never felt like I've watched it fully conscious, I guess. It's weird. It's almost... Definitely. It's not like I doze off, but it's almost like this... 
it's hypnotic. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like hypnotic, hypnotic or something exactly. a little bit at some points. Yeah. But yeah, that's all the puppets. Which well, your, we what's got, your favorite? We got Jester too. Oh yeah, Jester. And, Jester I mean, right. he doesn't really kill anybody per se. He kind of <laughs> he kind of stands there, makes funny faces. He's probably the most lovable out of the yeah. He's bunch. probably the most lovable. He he mostly reacts to stuff. He's almost like the ringleader a little bit. Like yeah. he kind of is the first one to recognize that their master isn't the greatest. You know what I mean? He's the first one to sympathize for the humans. Right. So, what's your favorite uh, puppet, Harrison? So, my favorite is definitely uh, Tomler. Yeah. Mine's He's Pinhead. He's got kills. I like Pinhead a lot. I just love him because, like, he's so easy to just pick up and throw, but nobody <laughs> really does that. There is a yeah, scene where, some, where that girl does that. Yeah. There's that nympho chick that's really weird. You know what I'm talking about? She was like kind of into the main character a little bit in a weird way. Right. Yeah, I remember that too. Yeah. And there's just stuff like she's walking in this hotel and she finds that guy that's been supposedly dead, sitting in a chair, and she acts like it's no big deal. Stuff like that. It's just yeah, like stuff like that. It's just kind of like what in the world? Kind of weird. Then we move on to. Uh, is there anything else we want to say about part one? Um, not, I don't think so. I think it's, it's kind of cool when they kill the guy, the puppet, the, you know, puppeteer, I guess. Was yeah. What he'd be, that dude in the elevator. Right. Yeah, they do that great that. shot where he's like holding on to the top of the elevator and the camera's looking down on him. Yeah. That's like, definitely kind of a highlight. Blade like hooks his hand into him. He's got like green blood. Yep. Which is funny because the serum they use, I don't know if they show it much in the first Puppet Master, but the serum they use is this really bright green, and it's a lot like Reanimator, which is another movie by that Charles Band produced. Stuart, Stuart yeah, Gordon. Yeah, Stuart Gordon, yeah. All right, then we're moving on to Puppet Master 2. Now, Puppet Master 2, I think Charles Band is credited as the director. Um, yeah. Puppet Master 2 introduces Six Shooter six and shooter. Torch. Yes, Six Shooter and Torch. Or maybe just Torch. Does yeah. it introduce Six Shooter? I uh, I believe or does so. Three. I could be wrong. We could be wrong about that. Uh, but, and it introduces Torch in like the best way ever. Because remember yeah. there's that really annoying redneck girl that's like... <laughs> she's probably my favorite character in the whole movie. Like these, these, There's these um, ghost experts kind of showing up to the hotel. They're like paranormal investigators yeah, right and they do bring one psychic with them and the psychic runs into this lady that lives next door to the hotel i guess yeah which i didn't think they'd have any neighbors because the exterior shot they had the big shot they had which one thing that's kind of cool about that shot is they took this model of a hotel probably about the size of a bathtub and they hang it in front of the camera with that rocky really? kind of beachy huh. looking scene. Yeah. So it, next time you That's watch hilarious. it, pay attention to that. Because it, it almost kind of like floats a little bit. It's almost like it, it totally <laughs> looks fake when you when you realize the trick. But uh, anyways, there's this neighbor lady. And she's your typical like, you kids get off my lawn over here. You know, like your typical like rednecky hates everything bitchy lady. She gets fucking fried though. She definitely gets fried. 
I think Leech Woman starts the whole thing, but then Torch finishes it. Yep. Yep, and... Uh, That's a great kill. Puppet Master 2 brings back uh, Andre Toulon mm, as the main and focus. It, and not in a good way. Yeah, but, but now he's like, for some reason, he's like the invisible man. He's got his, his face <laughs> is all wrapped up. <laughs> and and the you saw him in the first one, you know, and he is just an old, old He's dude. William Hickley. Yeah, so I'm not really sure why now he's suddenly, you know, he's he's like the Invisible Man now. Yeah, and he's got a body that looks like a, he, it's very tall, very straight. Yeah, he stands because William Hickley always had that like hunched over. Yeah, he's kind of like, like decrepit person. old man. This is like seems like it, it would be like Sean Connery or something. Yeah, and he's got a very pronounced like German accent. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bad German accent, very but it's, bad, it's very, very like, strong, very poorly, yeah. like, fakey. And he's kind of, like, dripping a little bit. He's almost kind of, like, gooey. Yeah, it's weird. I don't, <laughs> I don't really know what's going on there, but... It's bad. It's not good. The second one's really so bad. The second one is definitely way goofier. Yeah. I can't even really remember too much about the actual... Um, characters but um i do remember they set up like cameras and they see like the puppets attacking and then the end is so strange do you remember the ending um actually strangely i don't remember the ending very well okay i remember the parts of the movie just fine but the beginning the action i don't remember how it ends so um at the end the psychic lady she brings back these puppets, but they're like human. They look like humans, and they're life size. And it's kind of like a twist ending. I think Andre Toulon was trying to get two human puppets. They look like humans, but they are puppets. Oh right. And she, they end up destroying him, and she has them in her car. And she says something about a circus or something. It's it's really really out there and stupid. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty dumb. But you gotta watch it. You can't just skip the second one. No way. <laughs> I just remember the ending being like, what in the world? I can't even really explain what happens, but it's really stupid. And not in a good way. No, absolutely not. Now, the third one, I think the third one is where we first introduced Six Shooter. I think I think you're right, actually. I don't think he was in the second one. And the third one is uh, directed by David Dakota. Oh. And David yeah. Dakota is the director who makes like a movie every month. He's he's he honestly has made like a movie a month since like 1983, <laughs> and he's still making them. It's insane. So, and he's actually done some like really good ones too. He's like, done some good ones. He's some he's done yeah. some really bad. Well, ones. That's what I'm saying like he does a movie every shit. month, but like he's done good ones too. Yeah, this one I'd actually consider it as good one. Um. It's a historical piece kind of puppet master. It's like back in time. It's like during World War Two. Right. Um, Richard Lynch is in it as like a Nazi. He's kind of like the head Nazi dude. He's kind of the main yeah. antagonist. It's kind of the first time they start bringing Nazi elements into this because the Nazis, you know, of course, want to harness the power that brings these puppets to life. Yeah, and the 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 funniest in greatest part that everybody will remember about part three is all right so david dakota directed it david dakota is kind of known for being in he, he you know he's he's gay he's very openly gay 
Um, he's kind of known for the younger boys type of thing. Okay. You know, he, he makes a lot of movies where he's got young boys in their underwear and stuff. So he's got this young boy in the in the movie. And do you remember his name, Harrison? Yes, absolutely. His name is Peter Hertz. Yeah. Oh, God. And he, he will gladly pronounce I'm, I'm his actually, name. I think that's great. Yeah, now the the um the movie is actually for for being a puppet movie about killer puppets, it actually is kind of serious. And so yeah. when that kid with a straight face comes up and he goes, Sir, my name's Peter Hertz. <laughs> it's hilarious. It is hilarious. I mean, you sit there like, oh my god, like not expecting something like that, you know. So that that's basically all I remember from Puppet Master 3. I remember it's good. Um, the Nazi thing was cool. Uh, that was when it was first introduced. That's strange that they introduced that in the third one. They kind of lightly talk about it in Puppet Master 1 and 2. It's kind of like this background like setup. But this one was all... I mean, Well, was, I guess was when, all us, in, when all us fells fall back on Nazis. Mm-hmm. So you got a young too. Well, he's still pretty. He's still an old guy, but it's a pretty young Toulon, and he's got his puppets. And the Nazis are u- trying to use him to create some sort of puppet army, which is really stupid because it's like, why? What would that do? I think they want to just reanimate corpses, basically. Right. And they reanimated the puppet puppets instead. Okay. Yeah. So. If Moving on to part four, Jeff Burr, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Four. He did. He did. Yeah, part four. Yes, Jeff Burr. Yep. Yeah, and uh, part four, part four and five kind of mesh together for me. So we'll just kind of, kind of keep them all together. Did he direct part five too? I think Jeff I was Burr? getting ready to say. I think he did two of them. Yeah, because they're very similar, and, and they take yeah, they take place one after too. another. Like they're the first time where it was like. Uh, cohesive, you know, it's kind of like yeah, it was actually cohesive. they were supposed to be so together. Just, and if you don't know who Jeff Burr is, he did a uh, Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Three, Stepfather Two, From a Whisper to a Scream. Yeah, which was I think was Vincent Price's last movie or horror movie or something. He said yeah, one of his last ones. But yeah, he did. He last, did his last one four. Well, he was in uh, Edward Scissorhands. Was he? Yeah. I don't know. This is what Jeff said. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> He could have been. Maybe he said one of his last. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, Jeff Burr's a really nice guy. We got to meet him at the Skyline drive-in. He actually had a thirty-five millimeter print of From Whisper to a Scream, and he was taking a foot out, cutting it, giving it to people. So I have that. It's kind of cool. Really nice guy. But and I had him sign my four and five uh, DVDs as well as that Puppet Master box set. But anyways. He uh, he did a really good job with this one actually. Um, it definitely has the best like color palette of of the Puppet Master movies. Like it, this this is the first one where they really spend a lot of time on lighting and set design, and they establish yeah. a really good protagonist. This is the they first do. one that. I mean, Part One had a really good protagonist, uh, that guy from American Graffiti, but. Um, this one was more of like your typical protagonist, like good guy, 
you know, kid, he, he's like learning things as he goes and there's mm-hmm. like a love interest, all that stuff. Right. So, um, yeah, we don't really get any new, uh, good puppets. We do get <laughs> Decapitron is yeah. the, the evil puppet. There are also some scenes with, uh, isn't there one these, called like Totem? Yeah, there's like Totem are kind of these little monsters. Has there been so, any puppets that were introduced after part one? That I have, thought Totem have, looked really cool, though. Has there been any puppets after part one that have been like good enough to where they stick around and people actually give a shit about them? Like, oh, yeah, like Torch and... Torch. Torch, Torch and, and Six Shooter. Six shooter. Part like, two. They, they, they're just as much part, part of the two, group as part three. all the others. Yeah. But no, Totem didn't stick... And Totem was like a bad... To- yeah, Totem's like puppet. a bad guy. He's like not even really... Because I forgot to mention, to movie, like, but... from three, in one and two are the only ones where they're bad, the puppets. Like, in three, they're good. In four, they're good. I'm yeah, that's mistaken. that's correct. So, the puppets have good. kind of switched roles. Yeah. They're not really bad anymore. Yeah. Instead, for the bad guy for four, we got Totem and Decapitron. And Decapitron's so. like... So it's puppet versus puppet, pretty much, What's right? What's Decapitron yeah. like? I kind of forget Decapitron. So he's like, kind of like a... He's like, kind of like a skeleton-looking dude. Hmm. Okay. But he's not really, like, a main focus of this. Okay. But he's something there. about these, like, tech kids are in the hotel now, and... Yeah. So there's like a tech, about it. tech kid who is kind of trying to figure out he kind of stumbles upon how to bring these puppets back to life and yeah. so yeah four and five blend together yeah so when we're talking about this we're really talking about four and five and that makes sense because since jeff did both of them I, th- I think both anyway back to back yeah yeah and what's what's funny here though is that the fifth one is actually the name of it is the final chapter yeah huh. i remember that they were going to end the series with that yeah but as familiar. we know that always yep that never happens i think not too long later all right now here's do we have anything else to say about four and five other than it's pretty it's actually pretty good um no i don't really have anything else on that like when we do our marathons um four and five because me and harrison have actually watched all the puppet masters in, in one, one sitting in one sitting god damn yeah how long did that take you and and the shit doesn't really hit the fan hours we're, we're having a good time you know everybody i'm guessing all day and most of the night everybody's having a good yep. time part five is where the fun ends okay definitely <laughs> the last of the now, of the watchable good now ones. i i think the next one is uh curse of the puppet master yes curse of the puppet master and it's directed by david dakota as well he's under a false name that's like a girl's name it's really weird because when i first watched curse of the puppet master i thought it was directed by a girl so i was like that explains why they have a lot of muscle muscled up oiled dudes bench pressing for like 10 minutes <laughs> yeah for no yeah. reason so, but you, then you find out it's directed by David Dakota, and it still makes sense that yeah. sh- it makes even more like, sense oh, yeah, that he's got a guy in his underwear bench pressing. Yeah, and uh, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of scenes of this guy in his underwear. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it makes you you're like, well, all right, it's directed by a woman. Yeah, you can definitely tell it's not directed by the same people. Well, actually, it is directed by the same guy who directed three. Mm-hmm. 
He's just going under the fake name. So, I I actually kind of like uh, Curse of the Puppet Master. Uh, it just because how goofy and silly it is, and they do have the puppets in it quite a bit. Um, there's this there's this kid named Tank who uh, is really good at carving wood. This this is ridiculous. This kid's real. I'm glad I get a chance to talk about this. This kid's really good at carving wood. He's kind of slow. People make fun of him. He's kind of like that character in uh, Night of the Scarecrow. You know what I'm talking about? Where he's like, he's like this real kind of slow. Yeah. Everybody kind of makes fun of him kind of guy. Or like the guy with the chocolate or something in Friday. Yeah, part five, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. that's exactly how I... He's not as annoying as like in everybody's face. He's kind of to himself, quiet. But he's really good at carving wood. And he works at this gas station. All these people made fun of him. Well, there's this old guy. He's kind of like your Toulon character, even though it's not Toulon. Who's like, man, boy, you're pretty good at carving that wood. And uh, he hires him to work for him, to carve these specific pieces. He, he's not saying what the big picture is, but he's like, I need this piece carved. You know, he needs all the... Like he has a it all design, schematic type yeah. thing. He's got like a blueprint, yeah. So Tank starts carving all this wood. There's all this weird shit happening with the puppets where they're killing people. Um, I can't remember why they're killing people other than they're killing people that Tank doesn't like. I don't know if like it's yeah. manifesting through him or whatever. But this, but the 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 guy that hired him has a daughter, and Tank starts to fall for the daughter, and mm. they actually like have sex and stuff. Yeah, they do, and. Uh, and it's mostly shots of the man's ass. It's mostly shots like of Tank, that. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I don't think there's any boobs in this movie. Uh, probably not, no. But the girl has all the puppets as, like, pets. She has all these <laughs> puppets as pets. She's like, this is this is Pinhead. Pinhead's kind of having a bad day to, you know. Oh, my God. It's almost like they're part of her family. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think Torch is in this one. Our six-shooter. Yeah, mistaken. they keep it kind of lighter. Yeah. It's not so much about the puppets. It's actually really gets into the story of Tank and this uh, this girl's romance, which is yeah definitely strange compared to the other Puppet Master <laughs> movies. Yeah. But uh, it's almost like a coming-of-age film or something like that. But, yeah. But, um, so, Tank is creating all these specific wood pieces. Wood. Okay? Mm-hmm. You find out, obviously, he's... The guy's wanting him to build a puppet that has to be perfectly designed. And so, you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to see this new puppet. This is going to be sweet, you know? Wood. Puppet. Because, obviously, all the pieces are wood. Well, the puppet ends up being completely 100%. And, and also, the professor says many times, wood is true perfection. We, You know, you can't get more perfect than wood. Metal gadgets and all that stuff, he's like against all that. All right, so when the puppet is done and they reveal it, it's completely robotic, 100%. There's no <laughs> wood to be seen. There's no wood anywhere. Right. It's got like an LED screen for a head. Yeah. Do they ever explain completely, that? No. No. Not at all. Definitely the not. The puppet's no. 100% robotic. There's nothing about it that's wood at all. 
It's all metal. So here's something interesting, too. It was actually, um, Curse was actually edited by J.R. Bookwalter. Oh, shit, oh, really? yeah, that's right, yeah. Really? Yeah. That's fucked mm-hmm. up. Yeah. He's edited a lot of Full Moon movies, actually. Yep. I guess that's how uh, Todd and J.R. knew Charles Band or he's whatever. He's edited more movies than he's directed. <laughs> he Well, because he, he's edited all of his films, pretty much. Yeah, that's true. Plus, he's edited a lot of Full Moon movies. Yeah, that's right, I forgot about that's that. That's crazy. And J.R.'s another guy who we met at. Uh, the skyline. Yep. Jr.'s a great guy. Um, I've seen all of his films. Uh, I'd recommend every single film he's done, except uh, Maximum Impact. Maybe no, Maximum Impact was good. What would I'm I'm trying to think of a bad Jr. film. I know, you've seen there. more than I have. I think Atlantic. There's there's this one where it's really bad. It looks like a Kmart mask. But anyway, his most well known is The Dead Next Door. Yeah, yeah. So J.R. Yeah. Bookwalter directed The Dead Next Door and Robot Ninja. And uh, which cra- which house three would be his next? Maybe I don't know. Which house? Yeah, two? but somehow found the time to do a lot of editing. Yeah, In he's a great a editor though. He's really good. I must have been kind of weird editing this movie, though. Just yeah. With all the, all he must the, have thought he, like, the romance missed out on and some yeah. guy butt scenes. Mm-hmm. So where do you want the guy butt? That's yeah. probably what he's thinking. He's probably thinking, yeah. David Dakota's like, like, more like, guy butt. More sweaty, oiled up guy butt. Or should I go ahead and cut the camera somewhere else away from the guy butt? And... Here's a trick oh, that no. uh, David Dakota does. So um, he puts baby oil on his actors. Actors. Actresses, no. <laughs> on the actors, he puts baby oil. And when you put baby oil, have you ever put like wax on your car? Have you yeah. ever like waxed your car? Okay. And then when the water gets on it, it's kind of like beads. Yeah. So the baby oil does the same thing. When you put baby oil on somebody and then spray water on them, it makes the water like bead, look like beads. He does that. <laughs> oh, because a it lot. captures the oil, yeah. So he gets these muscled up guys, and they're usually young. Not like super, not like illegally young. Yeah, like but like yeah, right in like that line, they're like eighteen. Or yeah. yeah, he rubs them in baby oil and then does that water thing. So you see a lot of that. Go, oh, that's a little trick. Yeah. <laughs> now usually they use that on women, but right. Yeah, uh, like it David makes Dakota it probably makes them look it. sweaty, right? Because of the beads. So if you're like part of the LGB community, am I saying that right? LGBT. Yeah. Yeah, LGBT lettuce, gay, bacon, tomato. Yeah, if you're part of that community, um, you you might get a kick out of this film. This is a very pro-gay film. Yeah, same and though it's same as three. Three's right. a little more toned down. He didn't really come into his stride to like the '90s, but um, yeah, like if you're gay, this could be a really like. Yeah, whole film for you, you know. Right. This could be like your like brave, brave heart. Yeah, but, and at the same time, you know, he's going under the woman's name this whole time. He's, he's yeah, I don't know. I movie, I think so. he did that just to make people not uncomfortable. I think so too. Yeah, you, know? yeah, you gotta think of like, the because it's so gay. I mean, it is gay. Like, there's no question about it. And if you're, you know. If you're Charles Band, you might be like, well, you know, hey, let's yeah, make well, this under a woman's name. Because Charles Band is very, you know, heterosexual, you know. 
Yeah, he definitely. He likes yeah. titties and ass and all that stuff. All the stuff we like. So after the after the what which one were we on? Curse of Puppet Master. So Curse of Puppet Master. So now it really starts to for me. This is the really worst starts one. Really starts to go downhill. If you're if you're watching in one sitting. This is where are, this is where the very torture. painful. Yeah, this is where you're ready to just say, "Hey, this was a bad idea. Let's just call it quits." Is when you get to um, retro. Yeah, you guys have Puppet always Master. said that that one is your. It's so bad, Curtis. That like, give me Mano's hand of fate any day. <laughs> Seriously, because at least way at least Mano's way is like better. only sixty minutes long. Yeah. So, I'll see if I can try to break this down. I don't know who directed uh, retro. Um, don't don't really even want to know. Um, so interesting. It's actually David Dakota. Oh well. Okay. So, um, I think I think the really cringiest part about this, and it's hard to just pick one, but um, if you remember, I think it's the main character. His accent changes. He's not really the main character. He's kind of like the the antagonist. Yeah, it is but frustrating it, though. And it's foggy. My memory yeah. of of Retro is foggy, but he um his accent changes from like yeah. scene to scene. Is it's he like, like it's is so he strong. British or is he like Russian? It goes Russian from like Russian to German. The, it it it's like and it's obviously an American trying to do this mm-hmm. and failing miserably. Can't keep track of so his own that, accents. That really almost makes his unwatchable. Seriously. Like, you wouldn't think that's a big deal, but it's, like, so bad. And, uh, yeah, he, uh, he's taken advantage of this guy that invented, this guy is creating these puppets. I think it's too long still. Who knows? But he's making these puppets. So you have these very basic-looking versions of all the puppets. So, like, the, the VHS cover for Retro Puppet Master, I always loved like when I saw it, yeah, it, I think it's the first one that has that Mephisto. I think so, yeah, and it has. That's um, where they introduced Doctor Death too. Yeah, it, yeah, the puppets are are cool, which is the kind of the frustrating thing about it. Yeah, like so when, I kind of want to like it because the puppets are pretty cool, but when we were in the Puppet movie. Master, like I would see Retro Puppet Master at at Blockbuster on VHS and I'd be like, holy shit, I gotta get that, but never never was able to. And uh thank God. Yeah. <laughs> You're in for disappointment. Yeah. Think it's kinda like the Jason Goes to Hell of the series, but way worse I'd rather watch Jason Goes to Hell any day of the week over Retro Puppet Master. But it's almost that real sour note of the series. Or even like like it just kinda really not really ruins the entire series but it's the start of like what the fuck yeah it almost does ruin it tarnishes the name yeah of Puppet Master. but the retro part of it was cool how you had these really like basic elementary versions of the puppets yeah they kind of like take some of the aspects of the puppets and you know they turn them into like wood like a wooden yeah just like natural mask wood. and stuff like that yeah yeah but man, it is a chore to watch. It is so boring. It is so bad. It is so dumb. A little light on the gay, I'd say, compared to probably first. yeah. So even for the gay community, you're probably gonna be like, "The fuck is this?" 
Um, then we had Legacy, Puppet Master Legacy. Yeah, so technically the next Which one is just is a Legacy. combination of... There's some, there is some new footage, but it's just a combination of all the old movies. Yeah. It's not worth watching at all. I hate we, when they do that. We don't actually consider it when we watch the uh, marathon. It's not part of the... We don't watch it. It doesn't exist. We skip over it. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, that ends the puppet master series that that was kind of that that that's kind of like their own universe right there yeah we're gonna have a couple years break in between anything yeah. puppet master after this but, but these but these for a long time were it this was it yeah so from like 80 something to like pretty much the new millennium yeah then you get into the axis trilogy I will do my best to try to separate the three of them. Um, when you guys marathoned, did you include the old ones and the access access? At, at the time we marathoned, um, it was 2010, and I believe that Puppet Master Axis of Evil was just coming out. I think that was kind of yeah, what sparked. I think it just kind of just came uh, out. So you, I don't think you guys decided to had it do the yet. old ones. Yeah, I don't think we had. It, and there was this there was this huge thing where it was going to be in theaters and we were really excited like oh my god a puppet master movie that's going to be in theaters didn't happen <laughs> surprise surprise yeah like it was supposed to be like nationwide release it fell through um i think it was axis rising was 9 puppet master 9 I'm not mistaken. Yeah, either. And I think Charles mm-hmm. Band directed these ones. So actually, the first one was another David D- Dakota. Oh, oh, man, he's he did a lot of them. And these ones are really heavy on the Nazis. They take place in, during World War II again. Uh, the puppets look r- pretty bad, not terrible, and they are shown a lot, but they 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 definitely don't have that na- they don't have that look they used to have. Yeah, so David Dakota takes a, starts with the first Axis one, and then Charles Band takes over. Okay. The first one... Okay, so here's what kind of pissed me off about the whole trilogy. They established these really good characters. It was this really, like, happy-to-go-lucky um, guy. He couldn't, he couldn't be in World War II because of some sort of injury, so he was kind of, like, staying home. His brother had moved on to be in the war, and uh, he... Um, he has this love interest. Girls are actually really hot and cute. And uh, they find out that these Nazis are trying to use these puppets. They're already friends. They they were already established friends with the puppets, the original puppets. But there's these new puppets. One's like a Japanese-looking one. They, they, they introduce a lot of new puppets. And they're evil. And the Nazis are using them. So it's up to them to stop it, blah, blah, blah. That's that's all that's worth talking about. It. It's very um, the qualities that sort of I, I feel like now independent films look good. Mm-hmm. I think I think digital has kind of caught up with thirty five millimeter now. Yeah, this was before that. This looks like shit. Yeah, like it was filmed like really bad. This looks bad. pretty bad. It looked like it was filmed like like one of those DVRs or whatever. Yeah, or, this or is mini bad. DV mini DVs or whatever. With like the high frame rate. Like it yeah. looks so weird. It's, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, 
I hate I hate when those older indie films had that really high frame rate and everything just looked odd. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it other than odd. Yeah. So they're building up this great trilogy with these characters. And they're having like this to be continued. I mean, they're obviously marketing it even in the first one that's going to be this trilogy. And then I believe it's the second one. They kill they just completely kill everything off. Maybe it's the third one. But they just say, ah, fuck that. So there wasn't much. Fuck all this history that we just established, and all these <laughs> yeah. great characters we established, and although they they weren't good actors, it was still you could kind of you could kind of be like, okay, I can I can get with these guys. They fucked it all up, and they did. I forget what the third one's called, Axis Terminated or something like that. I think so, yeah. But uh. Whew. That one's really bad. That one seems like it was like a student film. I just remember like, so like a lot of student films um, try to do what Argento did, which have these really like saturated colors, you know, and like this pink light coming from nowhere. Yeah. This was all that. Like it would just be like the whole scene would just be lit pink. For no reason. You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen movies like that? Yeah. Where they have like a little light somewhere and it'll show like a pink hue throughout the room or a green hue but like argento would have like some natural lighting mixed in there too so you can actually it looks see natural. what's going on yeah this was like the whole scene was like dark blue they use nothing but light filters yeah and that's a common mistake that a lot of film you know student filmmakers make so i thought man this really looks like a student film but it's bad i can't even remember anything about it yeah it's it's uh difficult to to get through yeah. So there's actually in between before Access and this other era, there's also Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys. Oh yeah, which is a I television oh, yeah, movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, with starring Corey Feldman. And they put on that. What's that stuff they put on people's hair to make them look old? Yeah, I don't. It's I don't just. Know. It's almost like it's almost like this gray powder. Yeah, yeah. That they put on his ha- head to make him look like he's like this old guy. Boy, don't ooh. So yeah, that there's one like was... some sort of like corporate thing going on with that, where like there was this like corporation that was using the demonic toys. I think it was like a a conglomerate like toy factory. I think you're right. The, yeah, they had the demonic toys. How the demonic toys are involved <laughs> in the business? I'm. And then I don't like, know, but... Corey Feldman has the puppets. Yeah, and Corey, trying to take them down. He's kind of the underdog, like independent toy maker guy. Up against the, you know, that like you said, the conglomerates. I think this is like a Christmas, Christmas yeah. movie. I actually remember yeah. it coming out on TV and watching it on, on TV too. Yeah. Which yeah. channel? So, um, that's a really good question. Like sci-fi. That's what I'm probably, thinking. Probably, yeah. What? There was a channel that showed all the Puppet Master movies. It was like AMC, maybe. It might have been AMC. I'm not. Or FX or something like that. But anyways. AMC, IFC, could. I know it was an IFC, but uh, but yeah, that one was uh, a <laughs> the demonic toys. I'm trying to remember one. all their names. There's the teddy bear. Yeah, there's uh, evil teddy bear. Baby, one. baby oopsie. Baby oopsie. Yeah, he's kind of the trash talking. Yeah, I do. Baby I've, doll. I've yeah. seen some. Of and her. he's got like he's like hey yo, he's got yeah. kind of like New Jersey accent. Yeah. He's like hey, I'm baby oopsie wee. Yeah, and then there's the teddy bear. He always like says, like, said. vulgar things, too. Yeah, he's really vulgar. Talks a lot of shit. 
Then there's the Jack in the Box looking thing. And the Jack in the Box looking thing. <laughs> I don't know their names. So that's pretty much yeah, that's pretty much what you got for demonic toys. And there's also demonic toys versus Doll Man. Yeah. Which, <laughs> I, so it's better. That one's actually better. I'm sure it is. And yeah. Demonic Toys is actually a pretty fun movie. They need to do yeah. a Demonic Toys versus Ginger Dead Man versus Puppet Master versus they probably will. Evil Bong versus. That's yeah, the thing definitely. with the uh, Full Moon Channel that they have now, the streaming site. They're like doing all sorts of crazy shit with that because they already have like Evil Bong versus Ginger Dead Man. Oh yeah, you can go like a destroy all monsters. Because if you Godzilla get into like the later the... Evil Bong like seven. It has all, everything full moon in it, basically. That's the movie you want. It's like the Tokyo SOS or the um, Final Wars of uh, the Puppet Master se- or the Full Moon Universe. The, it's kind of like the, the Full Moon games. Cinematic Universe. Yeah. But uh, yeah. I've actually sat through all the uh, Evil Bonks too. We could do a retrospective of that sometime. But anyways. Yeah. So back to Puppet then. Ma- so we're done. Yeah, with puppet masters. You could, as, could, as far you as could consider us done. Yeah, that's true. But there's this movie, and I could talk a long time about this movie, but let's not. Let's just kind of keep it short. But there's um, Littlest Right, which uh, Curtis, you've seen that one, right, with us? Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Too. I liked it too. Fun so, um, but don't go in as a puppet master fan. No. You'll be disappointed. But you got the guy from Reno 911. Do you remember his name? Uh, No, I don't remember his name. But but in Reno 911, he wore the short shorts or whatever, right? Yeah. yeah. Do you remember his name in Reno 911, like his character? Uh, Might have been Lieutenant Dangle. I could be wrong. Uh, that does kind of sound familiar. sounds right. Dangle yeah. or something. But, Jim, uh, Jim Dangle. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's in it. He does a really good job. I, I think he really holds the film together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a very good actor. He's in it. But he plays like a serious role in it. He's and, got a uh, hot girlfriend somehow. He has this really annoying Jewish friend, though. I think they could have done without him. I guess they kind of needed him to be that annoying person. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, oh, God. Yeah, his girlfriend's hot as hell. God. And she shows her titties. And that other yep. girl shows her titties, but she's got those bowling ball titties. I'm not Yeah. It looks look like it'd knock you out if you motorboated them. They don't jiggle. They're, they're fake. Yeah, but yeah, I was really I was really surprised by just how good the gore effects were and how gory it was. Dude. Yeah, it was a lot of practical yeah. effects. Um, it was filmed well. It had a good Fabio Frizzi did the score. You know, I think we all wanted yeah, to kind of hate it. Yeah, Fabio Frizzi did the score. Did a great job. I think we kind of wanted to hate it in a way. I mean, I was expecting it to be shit actually, but it was really good. I'm glad. I'm happy to admit good. that it's good. So it's... definitely check it out. The 4K. We watched the uh, 4K and it was like looking out of Daniel. It window. looks really good, yeah. Yeah. The the lore if you show of, off your 4K system. of Puppet Master is kind of not as important in it. Yeah. It's not really like And it deep completely into the ignores story. every lore we've had. Yeah. So if you just throw all that out the window. But the gore effects, there's there's a shit ton of puppets. Yeah. There's there like is. sixty puppets, I think they said. There's some cool ones too. And there's some really dumb ones. There's also without really without giving it away, ones. the movie is also really ballsy with some of the things that they did, mm-hmm. especially with the torch guy. Yeah, yeah. I think I think for, it was kind of a, I think it was kind of a fu to the PC community. It was. I I, th- I got that too. Yeah. It kind of said. It kind of said, "Fuck you. We're gonna offend everybody, pretty much." But uh, 
it meant well. It's not like it was a. It's not like a hateful movie in no, the slightest. No. It's just we're gonna make a movie and we're gonna do it how we want. Yeah, yeah. They didn't try to pander to the PC culture that we are in now, which they is didn't which was very refreshing. I don't even think they tried pandering to anyone. Like no, I don't think so either. I, don't, a, I didn't. No, it wasn't like it was like super conservative or anything. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so it's just a fun movie. It, yeah. I would I would equate it to like Trey Parker Matt Stone's comedy. Yeah, it's kind of offends everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't take a side. But uh, that. That's it. Yeah, pretty much. And that's all from uh, top of our heads. Yeah, Uh, I think Harrison might have looked up a couple things to keep us on track. But the interesting thing about Littlest Reich, because you mentioned it, Full Moon didn't do it. I think it was Fangoria or something, right? Who was right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, It wasn't. Full Moon had nothing to do with it other than you know gave over the rights. I don't think permanently. Definitely not. But I doubt it. That's kind of like Full Moon's bread and butter. Right. Is Puppet Master? It definitely is. I don't know what's on the horizon for. For there, Puppet Master. They'll come out with something, though. Uh, there will sh- definitely be something. But, yeah, so, like, um, we didn't we didn't re- we, we didn't rehearse that at all, so that's just kind of us going from memory. Um, so if we, if we left out anything or forgot something, then who cares? I mean, it's a Puppet Master series. That's pretty good, considering. What, yeah, how considering many films? how many hours. We didn't, we didn't have to rehearse anything, or I don't even think. I just kind of put it, throw it on there. I don't think Harrison and me ever really talked about no. what we were going to say or anything. So, but yeah, I, we're me and Harrison are really big fans of Puppet Master. Uh, Curtis, maybe you need to sit down with us when we have our marathon sometime. Definitely. But uh, Curtis is is a willing participant to be a fan. But Harrison and me were such fans, and this was so influential to us that we made several movies based off the whole thing and we got into a lot of trouble we won't go into that but um this movie really inspired us i mean i think we have this movie to owe for us getting into film as like obsessively as we did wouldn't you say yeah definitely i would say so i can't even count how many times i've watched the first puppet master yeah and the first puppet master is good it's a really good film i know i know it sounds it's got stupid plot maybe but uh, a lot of films have super plots that are great, you know. Definitely. That's why we're here. We yeah. don't want, you know, it's a plot that breaks the mold for sure. Yeah, and really, this the puppets are really what kind of loops That's you in, mm-hmm. keeps you, keeps you, you know, into it. Yeah, some people aren't into shit like that, like little puppets. They don't get it, but for us that get it. Yeah. It's good. And yeah. if you're new to it, get into it. I mean, um, the movies are like super easy to obtain. Yeah. Uh, I got a, I got a Blu-ray box set from Dollar General of Puppet Master 1, 2, and 3. Or no. What a time to be alive. Yeah. What a time to be alive. Really? Dollar General. Yeah. That's crazy. Like, actually, when me and Harrison uh, got into Puppet Master, it was hard as fuck to get anything. It was very difficult. It was so to hard to find anything. You had to get VHSs. And those were really hard to find. And then there was the box set, but it was like, it was really expensive at that time. Yeah. And getting stuff online wasn't as easy as it is now. There wasn't Amazon right. or Amazon Prime. Right. There wasn't yeah. any streaming shit we can, could do. Yeah, because this, like, this was like 2003, stuff 2002. Stuff was expensive, yeah, to, to ship if you bought it we online. We were still on dial-up. Yeah. Um, so. And it was still sketchy. 
on buying stuff online was like sketchy because there was full moon direct at the time and you could get like dolls and stuff and we always thought the action figures look cool yeah we so always wanted the full moon figures. has gone you know really uh really kind of pumped out the action figures and dolls and that they did like promo things they too. were kind of like kiss yeah with like their if you like, came out with like a lot of stuff. If you rented yeah. a VHS or something, didn't they have like a promo at the end or something? Yeah, they yeah, yeah, they have all kinds of promos. They, like they had this thing called commercials. the, the uh, video zone. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. I think. Yeah, those were cool. Like at the end, uh, I always remember those. Uh, that's how I learned most of the stuff that we talked about, actually. Yeah, because from that era, like if there was a lot of films, you know, I'm sure Jr. probably used it was advertising through conventions um fanzines or magazines like fangoria place an ad in the magazine and if i recall um david allen the animator i think he bumped shoulders with uh um oh uh ray harryhausen i think he was kind of an understudy of ray harryhausen as well hmm so Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I'll always love the Puppet Master movies every damn one of them. Even though Retro Puppet Master is so bad, I still have like a fondness for it. Yeah. It's kind of like... I'll still... I, I, won't, I won't skip it in the marathons. No. No matter how painful it is. No. Nope. Yep. It's like a trial by fire type of thing. You got to do it. Yep. You, you, you haven't watched them unless you've watched it. So... Yeah, I just remember drinking a lot of like Starbucks. Those, I and I'm not a Starbucks drinker at all. I don't ever go there, but um, I just remember going to gas station. That was all they really had for energy. So uh, yeah, you gotta get caffeinated up because it's literally, you know, we would literally be like dusk till dawn. I was gonna say it was like nine, ten movies. How many is that you guys watched? Eleven. Eleven. Something. Yeah. No. No, because. Access. You guys said you skipped that one. You didn't. Yeah, do access. Access, access wasn't really a part of it. Uh, the demonic toys spinoff. So I mentioned five, really six. I, I think there were seven we watched. I don't think we watched Puppet Master versus Demonic Toys though. No, definitely not. So when that you think about that, really included. So seven movies. You'd have to think sitting. about ten or eleven hours, twelve hours maybe, hour and a half each, seven hours, then yeah, cut that in half, part. add it on. Yeah, and we about we weren't seven. we or, weren't you know Phil dicking around. We were going like right to the next one after the first one but um it's not for everybody that's for sure i i literally threw up um afterwards because of how bad some of the later ones well were. you know my stomach is kind of shitty anyways yeah drinking like, all that I gas usually, station coffee i usually get really sick every morning um yeah i do that too and so i just remember like after the starbucks stuff I'm, you know, I don't do well with milk and stuff like that, so I did throw yeah. up afterwards. And they're like latte type stuff. So it was, it was like, it's very like challenging to the body too. Like not just to the mind, but to the body. I mean, it's like, yeah. Yeah. And you live right down the street from a speedway. So if we did it now. At that time, I think I, I think uh, I was in the transitional period. So we were, we I was at my parents' house at that time. Because I was just moving from apartment to apartment, and I was staying there for like a month or so, and uh, we watched it. 
So we were at my parents. So we actually weren't anywhere near any any place. Well, so you're really in trouble country. now. If we do it now, <laughs> I'll be in trouble too. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should. The three of us do it. Um, I think Brianna joined us for a lot of it too. Remember? Really? Brianna was watching My quite dad, a bit. Yeah. Of it. She fell asleep probably about the fourth one. But um, yeah, that's that's it from Puppet Master coming from two of the people who can tell it the best. Probably. I don't think you're gonna get any diehard Puppet Master fans talking about all the movies, but not for everybody so we're gonna we're gonna take a break here and uh when we get back we're gonna close the show with our blu-ray review of close calls and the manitou the strand theater in shelbyville indiana presents friday night frights our friday night fright series has great films once per month they're on fridays as you can imagine and in april we're doing abraham lincoln versus the zombies may nosferatu June, White Zombie. July, The Ghoul. August, The Face at the Window. September 13th, we'll do I Bury the Living with a live appearance by Sammy Terry. On October, The Manster. And we'll finish the season in November with City of the Dead. Strand Theater, downtown Shelbyville. All tickets are $5, the Friday Night Fright series. As well, on April 6th, we have the Rocket Doll Review. This will be at 8 p.m. It's a great show. Come on out and see Burlesque Live on our stage, Strand Theater. For more information, call 317-395-3318 or check us out on Facebook, The Strand Theater. This is Timmy. He's only 10 years old. Mama, I did it again. God damn it, Timmy. I warned you not to do that. And Timmy has a little problem. Timmy has loose bowels, and it may just take his life. Hey, I heard Timmy made brown in his pants the other day. Again? That's the fourth time this week. This summer, do wear a diaper. Don't climb a ladder, because if you do, you might hear a splash. <laughs> All right, and we're back, and Curtis is up and at him again, right? Kind of dozed off, maybe, for the Puppet Master one. Yeah. Just because... I haven't seen a lot of them. Yeah. And I'm understandable. not, like... Yeah. Totally understandable. I did like the little strike, though. There's not really much to say about something you haven't... Yeah. ...watched, so that's cool. But, um... Have we convinced you that it might be something cool to check out? Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah we need to do a marathon. Oh, yeah. We'll do it. So, Close Calls Blu-ray just came out. Now, the film, I think, technically was finished in 2016. They must have had trouble with distribution. Yeah, so I think uh, it listed as, like, released in 2017. Now, I'm assuming that's just, like, a few festivals. But as far as physical, like, I could buy it, I could own it, or whatever... It, I think it just came out. It hit it hit Amazon Prime late 2018. Okay. And then uh, the Blu-ray just came out. I mean, we got it day yeah. one. And we watched it. Now. 
close calls is uh, independent film. Scream Team releasing came out with it. And uh, Richard Stringham is the uh, director of this one. And it's about our main character, Morgan, who's played by uh, Jordan Phipps. Wow. What do you guys think of Jordan Phipps? She's actually... She, go ahead. Very <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to say. Like her screen presence. Harrison's kind of like in a... Her screen presence. Oh, gosh. It's quite nice. So, Jordan Phipps... And this is her debut she, she, movie. She's kind of what we call a total package. Yeah. Uh, she's she's got a really cute face, great hair. Now, uh, she's actually an Amazon hotbox for a little bit. She's much hotter as a blonde. Yeah. Well, don't you agree? Yeah, definitely. And this is before Amazon hotbox. This is her first movie. Yeah. She's got she's got a very cute face. Um, she's a good actress. Yeah, I would not, say that not, she not great. Yeah, I would say she's but she's she, definitely she good. definitely gets the job done. She's good. She could be better. Probably probably under more like professional direction, more Hollywood mm-hmm. setting. I think she could really take off. But and considering this is her first movie, and her boobs are like what double D's probably. No, definitely. Yeah, they're incredible, and uh, they're natural, uh, which is definitely the way to go. And so. All right, so if I can kind of remember the plot, uh, Morgan, she's kind of uh, what? I'm <laughs> just laughing about <laughs> trying to remember the plot. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's really hard to remember the plot. Turns, There's yeah. a lot of plot, but man, most of the time it's Jordan Phipps in her underwear, bra and panties. Yep. And uh, she has a she has like a very bright, colorful bra. Yeah, it's and like it's pink. Like pink. And then she's got blue, hot very pink. bright. Yep. I guess like a hot blue. I don't know, it's kind of very like a neon blue. Wasn't her panties blue? Uh, panties. Weren't her panties pink as well? I thought they were. No. Or were they blue? No, they were blue. Because I, I remember thinking, man, it was a cool contrast between the pink and the blue. Okay. But yeah, like she's taking care of her grandma. Like in she's the taking beginning. care of her body, too. I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say. Well, yeah, but... It's a really weird movie because she's taking care of her grandma up, up in the attic and she's like in her bra and panties. Yeah. And when they first go up to her, when they first go up to their attic, there's like rat. Okay. Yeah. So, so their house is like this really nice like it's those type of houses you go when you, when like somebody wants you to like house it. You know what I'm talking about? Like this is like a big mansion type place. Yeah. Like Think, uh, take care of the house for me while I'm in Italy or yeah, something. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really nice, like, white suburban home. Looks like a doctor owns it or something. Which, while we're on that topic, I guess some of it was... I read that some of it was filmed in, like, a gated community. And they thought that they were, like, shooting, like, a porn or something. Because she was wearing, like, brawn panties. Oh, yeah. So they kept trying to disrupt the, the set. Yeah, those gated communities are, like... So tight. It's, like, 1984 in there. Yeah. Everybody's watching everything you do. Yeah. I hate, I would never live in something like that. But um, when they go up to the attic, it's like, it looks like Castle Freak or some shit. Like, yeah. There's like rats. Well, there's all those paintings of like, I, what we found out I think was her mom. Yeah. Without giving too much away. There. But yeah. And then um, 
Harrison Harrison claims that they were like African yeah, roaches so it was like or something. African roaches. Yeah. Upstairs in this, you know, nice house. Yeah. And there's like yeah, and then the grandma's like got barf all over. She's real decrepit looking. Very strange. Yeah. You're almost yeah, like she's I remember Harrison left to go way. to the bathroom and he came back. I'm sure he thought it was like a new, completely different part of the movie or something yeah. like that. She Certainly eats food a different off of, part, different house. She eats food off the floor. She's like she crazy. She poops on the floor. Yeah, she poops on the floor. Uh, she eats like oatmeal or something too. Yeah. It reminds me of, um, I think what they were trying to go for was in Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. where uh, that girl's taking care of her sister. Yeah. That part always creeps me I think me Zelda, out. was Zelda, that her name? Yeah. That part creeped me out so bad. Oh, yeah. That uh, that character's played by a guy, actually. But anyways. Um, so she has to take care of her. I think at the beginning she writes grandma's pills on her leg. Yeah, because she's got to remember to uh, give but the she, pills or but something. But she's grounded and her cell phone's taken away. It was actually a very clever way to make it where she doesn't have a cell phone. Because her cell phone gets taken away by her dad. Because she's like... She's a drug addict or something, right? Yeah, she's like a drug addict, and she's also like very flirtatious with the boys. Yeah. But as soon as the dad leaves, she opens up this box, and it's got like a shit ton of drugs. She does like pot, pills, cocaine, a lot of lines of cocaine. Yeah. Um, but she acts pretty normal through the movie. Um, there's this weird part where she takes salvia. <laughs> Remember that? I thought that was a very and she gets like raped, kind of. Maybe she gets. Kind I don't know. It's kind of hard. We to, don't know if she gets yeah. raped or not, actually. With the with the boyfriend thing, yeah. When the boyfriend comes and over, that, that's another thing. That guy that comes over, no. Yeah, he he's a doofus. <laughs> like not yeah. the actor, but the he character. Like, yeah, he looks like somebody that like wear like a fedora or something. Like he did mm-hmm. not look like no. She she wouldn't touch him with the ten foot pole. I think that's pretty much the first thing we said was like, wow, no, no. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You can tell they wanted to throw in a character for like people like us to relate to. But no, it ain't happening. Jordan Phipps could get anyone she wanted. Oh yeah, God. But um, I mean, like I said, the movie could be about like uh, removing wallpaper, like an instructional video or something. Yeah, and if it's her in her brown panties, mm-hmm. it works. Remember that weird part with the pizza and the ranch too? She like squirted. That's right. It's like it's mayonnaise supposed to be, or like, something. Sexual. I thought it was like mayonnaise. No, it was ranch. Was it ranch? But she like squirted ranch all sexual like on the pizza. Was she slapping her ass too at one point? Yeah, and she was like eating it all sexy. like Mm -hmm. "Mm." Putting on a show for the the camera. Yeah. But we can't really go. I mean, there's she's getting these strange phone calls. Yeah. That's what she's calling. Uh, The guy, it almost sounds like the guy's like beating off while he's calling her. And her dad is like away. And she's like, hello? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, what are you wearing? Oh, oh. And she's like, hello. Like, <laughs> she's like, hello, it's who like, is I this? Just hang up. And there's stop. Kind of a, there's a kind of a clever way because um, she couldn't, you, you would think just like unplug your phone because she's getting all these harassing phone calls. But um, her dad's a lawyer, so there's a kind of this clever thing where she can't unplug the phone because in case a client calls. Yeah, she can't, it's like a 24-hour like like line that has to be open. Now, one of the things I thought of throughout the movie was, why doesn't she just like call the cops or something? But you know, she's got she's got all the drugs. They might and find stuff. She's got the drugs. Yeah, <laughs> the drugs. Uh, really, we can't go much more into it. 
as far as the plot, just because um, about halfway in, there's a lot. Kinda... There's a lot to give away. Yeah, yeah. But definitely check it out. I think I think we can all say it was really good. Yeah. Um, even if you're not into girls, and you don't find Jordan Phipps attractive, there's a lot. To, there's a lot going on here. You'll like it. And the special features are incredible, as always. Trim Screen Team releasing. Uh, they have a feature-length making of documentary, which that that's a lot of fun. Um, they they kind of those everybody on the set was very goofy. Uh, they have audio commentary with Jordan Phipps and uh, Richard uh, Stringham, the director. And they also have a commentary with film historian David Del Vale. That's kind of a weird choice. I don't know why they would need a film historian for this movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, building the sets, a time lapse of them building the sets. A gag reel, which is pretty funny. Uh, trailers. Uh, usually the trailers are mostly like the Scream Team releasing stuff. Yeah, which I recommend all yeah. pretty much all their releases. Yeah. Uh, they got reversible artwork, as always. Scream Team releasing always. And I don't know if you know listeners are into reversible artwork i am i think definitely Curtis is for sure definitely um, and I, 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 love, I will say this i think they always need to have reversible artwork scream team just the way they package the art and everything like the reverse thing that they remind me a lot like scream scream factory yeah like you're getting your but money's for indie worth. films you're getting money's worth when you get this just like a scream team or scream factory yeah release but um the reversible artwork, you always have like a modern cover yeah. with Scream Team releasing, and then the reverse is always like, looks like a VHS. Yeah, like a throwback. Yeah, so I like that. And even though this isn't a throwback movie, there's a lot of throwback movies in the Scream Team library. This isn't one of them. There's a lot of movies too that are It's like a throwback in the style, but yeah. not the era. But yeah, I would recommend Close Calls. Definitely check it out. It's reasonably priced on Scream Team releasing. Um, it's out now. Anybody can buy it. Portion of the of each sale, I think, goes to indie filmmakers as well. Yeah, the guy if, who makes the film. I'm sure. I'm sure if you order now, you could get the poster. Comes with a cool, really cool poster. And then, and the last movie. I checked, they still had the slip slip case or slip cover, and you could also yeah. pay a few bucks and you can get Jordan Phipps and I think the director to sign it. Yeah. So that's up to you whether you want to get this pay extra for the slip case and have it signed and all that. Uh, that that's one thing that's cool about um, Scream Team is that uh, they have a lot of options. Mm-hmm. They and even do some VHS. I think they have a soundtrack for Close Calls, maybe even. Probably they usually release a few things like a VHS or a T-shirt soundtrack or something, a yeah. something extra. Yeah. So I'd say buy it for sure. What, what what do you guys think? Buy it. Definitely buy it. I would say so. Yeah. I would say definitely. It's a good movie. And we don't have it any is. affiliation with Scream Team releasing. We I know we always talk about them, but it's act, it's because they're actually really good. Yeah, there's yeah. a reason why we're always talking about them. It is a pretty long movie. Yeah, that's right. It's like two hours expect. and yeah, it's unnecessarily long. It's a little long. That was my only complaint that's about the it. The really. only criticism. But but and and don't but, I will spoil this for you guys. Don't worry, you do get to see Jordan Phipps' boobs. Yes. Kind of, yeah. You're thinking you, yes. you think you're just say not going to see. Yeah. You, you're thinking you're not going to see them. It's just a tease the whole movie, but you do get to see them, and you can see your ass. She got nice. Yes. I'll let you guys. Talk and we about can't reveal the circumstances of 
<laughs> why of how or why. And it's not what you're thinking. But you have to watch it to find out. Yes. So that is Close Calls. Check it out for sure. Uh, if you want to uh, just watch it, it's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. I think that if you watch it, you'll want to own it, though, if you're like me. Because you get all the special features, reversible artwork, Scream Team releasing gives you a poster, you get cool stickers. I mean, you get your money's worth when you get something from Scream Team. All right. Now, our next Blu-ray is a whole nother animal. Uh, it's from uh, Scream Factory. And it's... Uh, it has reversible artwork as well, but it is the Manitou, which uh, came out in 1979, I believe. Oh, 1978, sorry. And uh, should I say the plot? Um, uh, it's tough. I think I, I might as well. Go ahead and say it, yeah. Because that doesn't, doesn't even people, the case kind of just say like what the big thing about it is. People aren't going to watch it yeah, unless you tell them the plot. know what we're talking about. So here's the plot. Uh, It's got um, Tony Curtis in it and uh, Burgess Meredith. Those are the only those are the only names I really recognize. It's a 2K scan. It looks really good, don't you think? Oh yeah. Like as far as like the I think it looks great, especially for uh, like 78, kind of a lesser known thing title. Yeah, 78 was a great year, by the way. Yeah. Think about it. But, uh, for horror movies. So the plot is, this lady's got this tumor growing on her. And it keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it ends up being a 400-year-old Native American midget who opens a porthole to hell. And the midget is built. Yeah, He's ripped. Yeah, he's ripped. Oh, yeah. And he turns the hospital into, like, this, like, Arctic cave. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> he freezes some of the staff members and stuff. And, but he turns this one room into, like, this universe. It looks like space. Yep. It's pretty cool. It is very cool. But, like, Tony Curtis is a, um, he's kind of like a uh, con artist. Yeah. He pretends a, to be, like, a. He's a psychic, but he's yeah. really a con artist. Yeah. Yeah, like, he'll read, like, a tarot card. And then he, he always does it to old ladies. He only does it to old ladies. And isn't it always like good news so they feel good or something? Yeah, like he'll be reading a tarot card and it'll be like the death card. And the old lady will look at him and like shake her head and he's like, no, no, it's not that. You know, and he keep him happy. Yeah. So he's kind of like this con artist. So he's kind of like this relatable character, though. You kind of like him. Um, Yeah. He's he's not like an asshole or a dick or anything. He's just, you know, I like his character. And then, it, you know, he has his imperfections, which is why we can relate to him. Yeah. And uh, he has some sort of affiliation with the girl with the tumor. Not not much. It's not like they're, like, married or anything. Right. Yeah. He's kind of getting to know her. Yeah. And this old lady comes over and starts having a seizure and says these words like witchy, taku, manitou, or something like that. Anyways. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how they get. She like, like kind of gets possessed. It's the it's the thing that helps them figure out. Oh, it's yeah, Native American thing. Of course, they come to a lot of really far out there conclusions. I think they kind of jump the gun a lot 
where they're like, yeah. it must be a Manitou. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? They even like, cert- oh, I guess I shouldn't say it, but yeah, they get help to deal with yeah. the thing. Yeah. Because they, they find out it's like this um, Native American like witch doctor. Yeah. So they find their own Native American witch doctor. It's like witch doctor versus witch doctor. Which, that's one of the reasons that the movie, it's kind of building up to be like this Indian, modern day Indian person, Native American versus versus like the old 400 year old. It's supposed to like this like power force against each other. But he just, he doesn't really do much, that guy. No. <laughs> But the movie's based in San Francisco. Uh, they actually drive over the Golden Bridge. Yeah, Golden Gate Bridge, drive over that. Lots of San, San Francisco shots in the film. Yeah. I'll say, too, that the movie had a pretty pretty big budget for it had a really weird big concept. Budget. Yeah, and yeah. it was an independent that's not like about film, it, too. too. So it had a pretty big budget for an independent oh, film. Oh, it was independent. Yeah, it was, it was actually the most successful independent film until... Um, Halloween. So two months later. Yeah. <laughs> but it was but yeah. it was a financial was success. That's good though that it was financially successful. Yeah. 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 And it was based off of, of a successful novel at the time. So it kinda had a lot going for it. Yeah. But yeah, it's really good for an independently made film. It is uh, it's very definitely good. got a lot more going on. Like a lot more production and stuff than Halloween. Yeah. yeah, nowhere Absolutely. near touches Halloween, but it seems like a big Hollywood film. For sure. It really does. I think I read that the budget was estimated to be three million, which in 1978 that's, that's pretty big. How much it grossed? I remember we were talking about that. I'm not sure. It was very successful though. But I mean, like Halloween had I think a couple hundred thousand dollar, four hundred thousand dollar budget. Yeah. So, yeah. You just would never would never think that. A movie with such a weird concept, a midget Native American witch doctor growing on a woman's back would have that kind of a budget production value. Yeah. Would be like a, a financial success. Yeah, definitely. It was actually the uh, director's last film. He died before it was released. That's right. I read that. He died uh, scouting a uh, shots in the Philippines. His helicopter crash. Man, but he did a couple other good stuff, too. He did... He did Grizzly and was got financial financially successful successful from that. He did Abby, which is kind of yeah. an Exorcist clone. Day of the Animals, I think. Was yeah, it? so he's William Girdler. That's who we're talking William about. William Girdler. Yeah, so and I, I think I read that he died. I think around the time Manitou came out, or yeah, around the time sad. that it was yeah, theatrically that's really released. Sad, actually. That's very sad. He didn't get to see how successful his film was. Yep. See, he was a Manitou. Mm-hmm. He pissed off. Yeah, yeah. You know. I know. Yeah. I know. He did a black exploitation film too with Pam Greer, so he's definitely successful in his lifetime too. But that's cool for him. But sucky but too. But this is because... probably his biggest one. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny how it was always a bunch of like white guys that made black exploitation films, like Larry? Yeah. Cohen. Yeah, that is pretty funny. Like all the black exploitation films were made by white people. There's a few that weren't. That's not surprising, obviously, with the, the decade, but. It's kind of funny. And a lot of people now, a, a lot of people say exploit, but uh, they really like brought these people to the limelight. I mean, yeah. there wasn't movies for black people then, mm-hmm. so it was really nice to. Give you know, and, and the concept, I think it was it's, it seems exploitive, but like you, you take a movie like Boss Nigger, 
and you hear the theme song and you see what it's about and mm-hmm. you're like that's racist but then you watch it and you're like holy shit this is pretty good because yeah i mean he's like it's very empowering yeah it's empowering the guy rides into town with his deputy and they become sheriff and they rule the town that's what's unfortunate about today's society is that they just rush to judgment people aren't even gonna like that you said the title yeah but i'm glad you did um the uh the special features on this aren't the greatest actually uh they have a lot of the talking head interviews which i'm not a big fan of Mm. and they have audio commentaries i haven't listened to that yet but plan to but, you know, obviously it's not like director's commentary or anything. <laughs> um, That's true. It's not director's commentary. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh, a yeah, still gallery. Not... I mean, there's not much There's not much special features here. Yeah. Yeah. That's a little disappointing, but... Which it's Manitou. Yeah, it is what know? it is. Yeah. It's not like they're going to come out with like a three-disc set of the Manitou. We're lucky right. we even got it, so... But, yeah, it's a really good movie. Um, don't let the plot... They actually, Even though the plot is, like, ridiculous... They actually take it very seriously. They and do. It's like believable. It's it seems like they're funny. almost trying to like do like a Exorcist success kind of thing. Right. Yeah, not yeah, not yeah. copy the Exorcist, but try to make it like high up. It had like the feel of the Exorcist though. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I would definitely say uh, you're you're gonna have to buy it. You can't watch it on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Uh, you could get a VHS of it for pretty cheap. The VHS goes for pretty cheap, but um, I don't think there's a DVD release of it. But I know right. probably there not. might be, but uh, yeah, I'd say buy it. I did think the blurb at the end was a little strange. You know, at the end they they throw in a real life case of a oh, yeah. Japanese man or boy or something that had a on. had a tumor on his back that turned out to be a fetus. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's supposed to be based on like sure a real story. Threw but that it's... in there, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the shock value, maybe. Like oh too. yeah. It seemed a little unnecessary, but. I absolutely agree. It's uh, if it was like traces of death, they might a high quality. They they spent a lot of money making this and take it seriously. Yeah. So. Yeah, so I'd say I'd say buy that Blu-ray for sure. It's reasonably priced, and it just came out. And the reversible artwork's kind of cool. So the cover I went with is um, more like the original poster, and then the back is the girl it's not really fitting the movie but it's the girl with the tumor on her back and she's like oh like this and she's naked and her breasts are exposed i don't think i've seen the uh, so if you want more of the like sleazier cover you can go for the there's like the sleazy cover and then there's the cover that makes sense i went with the cover that makes sense usually i don't but all right everybody well thanks for listening to us it's been a long episode um hopefully it's been entertaining for you but uh, me, Harrison, Curse, can get off here. And uh, we'll see you all on the flip side.
Have y'all ever heard? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I keep laughing. Okay.